Welcome to episode 337 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, our team, welcome along to episode 337 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James. How are you going, mate? I'm very good, and you? Do you notice those lovely flowers there? I did, you got them just for me. No, I didn't actually, because Triple D, Triple Dave D. Twan, yeah. put them around the other night. That's nice of him. Not for me, really more for is the missus. Looking, is he looking for a pay rise, is he? Yep, he is. We, we doubled it, because yeah. there's like flowers like that. Look, he's got a pink, red, kind of a peachy flavour one there. There you go. Smelling good too, John. They are smelling good. Turn my volume down, but you're bloody deafening me over there. Which one are you? Are you this one here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turned it up. <laughs> F-bomb almost came out then. <laughs> I talk is proudly brought to you by. Coffeesofhawaii.com. Oh, Coffees of Hawaii, John. You need it in the morning. Get Thank it you. in you. Athlinks.com. Tell your friends about how great you are. And extreme endurance. And just make yourself great with it. Do you want a list? A list. Oh, you're, you're deafening me. How's that? It's okay. You sure? Yep. Uh, in this month's show, not this month, this week. Yep. In this week's show, what have we got happening? We've got a news. We've got some high fives happening. We've got. Have we got a club of the week? Sort of. Yeah, I've just nominated a club of the week that somebody sent through. They've set up a new club, and we'll talk about that some more later. Okay. We've got uh, coach's corner. Just a brief thing. I was just telling Bib, and I watched a little documentary at the weekend um, when I was on the wind trainer. And uh, are we going to create more confusion around my nutrition? My world John? has changed. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and we've got an interview with Andrew Starkowicz. No, you got it wrong. No, I got it wrong. Close enough. I got, I got the American version right. But, yeah. But a nice interview with him who he raced in Florida, killed the bike course and, and won four. the race. That's just crazy stuff. So right? that's about, that's about just, a, just under 42 k's an hour, isn't it? No, it's just about 45 k's an hour. Four hours is 45 k an hour. Is it really? It's wickedly fast. That is ridiculously four, fast. Four, um, 4.30 is 40 k's an hour. So anyway, sensational ride and he won the race. And uh, Would you say that? No, maybe it's be 40, you mean? I don't know. I wasn't listening. Questions and answers at the end. Forty-five k an hour if you ride four hours. Yeah. And if you do four thirty, I'm pretty sure that's forty k's an hour. Is it? Mm. Okay. Um, news. So there's a few results. Um, Ultraman happened, and I went on the site and I did a bit of reading behind what happened in the race, and then I would look at the results, and it doesn't seem as though they were talking about how close the race was in the end. Or did I get that wrong? Well, I, the way I read, I had a quick look at uh, the Triathlete magazine and it sounded like it was pretty comfortable. Um, Alexandra Ribeiro uh, won the race for the sixth time. He's 47, coach from Brazil. And then Amber Montfort sounded like she did it relatively comfortable on the girls' side of things. Um, what was interesting for me, and you try to f- see if you can find the results over there. I've got right? here. Got yeah. Is uh, day one, the swim, because of the cards. Oh, no, overall. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, but overall, the swim the swim currents sounded really tough on the first day because Ribeiro um, swam at thirty minutes slower than, than he normally does. Yeah. What he normally already did last year, and uh, he took the lead on on day one. Amber Montfort sort of took the lead on day two, and while she lost forty minutes, she was forty minutes slower than the fastest women's marathon double marathon runner Yasuko Matsuyaka who did the run in 7.32 Montfort still uh, easily hung on and she was third overall, overall. Uh, 27 people and uh, so she's they're both legends both won the race a lot of times and uh, both did the business again today when Hillary did it where did she get 
they were really close. I can't remember which way I went. There was that year there was three, I think three girls that were all really, really close. Yep. Um, and I think that Amber Mon fought one. How many? So how many of these were here? About 27. 40? 27, is it? Well, it's, I think it was 20. The Starters. All oh, right. Well, I don't know. There were quite a few people. Wow. 10 people DNF'd. Mm. So tell us the results. Bevan, first, second, third. Oh, um, who was first place? Alexander Ribeiro. And then Amaro Kegra. And then um, Tony O'Keefe, maybe? Yeah, Tony O'Keefe. Yeah, yep. Yep, he got third. And then the girls is Amber Monfort. Yeah. And then who was second? We've got Kathy Winkler. And then we had the Asian lady, which was who? Uh, Yamazaki. Yasuko Ma- Miyazaki. Miyazaki. So, yeah, there you go. Nice. So, John, what is the point of this race? Uh, it's... Yeah, you're not there for prize money. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm 95% sure you're not there for the prize money. Um, some people there are a little bit for the prestige. You can call yourself a world champion if you win that race. And for a lot of people, that's um, a big deal, and so, so it should be. Uh, but it's, I guess it's really about the challenge. You know, it's a ridiculous. I struggle a little bit with this race. Not that, not that I, think, I think it's a cool race. Nothing against the guys who win it and all the rest of it. But to go around calling yourself a world champion when you've got 27 people racing and you only let 27 mm-hmm. people race. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Bit, it's a bit kind of like let's put on a race this weekend and call ourselves a world champ. Yep. Same the coast to coast, yeah, yeah. I suppose there's more than twenty seven people do that, but I think if you if you're in that world, the um the ultra distance world, this is 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 sort of the, the cream of the crop over there, and it's just a really challenging day, you know. It's 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 oh no, no yeah. yeah. Don't take me don't get me wrong. I think the race. I've got you wrong. You think they're all a bunch of softies? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah. I just don't want to tell them. No, no, I agree with you. It doesn't carry a huge amount for me. A huge amount of prestige. If you look at the winner, I'm not going to jump up and down and go woo. Because yeah, yeah. Gordo won it years ago, and I remember when I went to his site, and this is back in the day when he was big in his blog and stuff, and he had oh, Ultraman World Champion. I thought, wow, that must be a real big achievement. Mm. And then when I saw it, it was like 20 guys. I was like, oh. Mm. But and it's not like, there's a, like there are a couple of other races, but it's not like there's a massive series of Ultraman races happening. No. But in terms of the race itself, big challenge, oh, I think. Totally. Big challenge. Totally. You know, big open water swim. Very demanding bike ride. I mean, the riding that I've done in Kona, it's it's hilly. The hills aren't crazy hard, but you accumulate a huge amount of climbing each day. Uh, and to run a double marathon on uh, in in Hawaii, that's just that's tough. That's and tough. also, like if you go to Hillary and she didn't win it, the people who are winning it are of high level standard. Mm. You know, it's not like the peasants. Mm. <laughs> peasants. Well, no, because sometimes you do get these odd races here or there, and you you know yeah. you can kind of win it just because you turn up and you're not that good. Yeah, you're just a peasant. Yeah, you're a peasant. <laughs> but these guys aren't. That's what I'm saying. I know, I know a lot of Ultramen are probably hating me right now, but I'm yeah. just just putting it out just there, team. Endearing yourself to the audience. That's right. I'm, I'm living on the edge, John. Uh, I'm Man Cosmo was on at the weekend as well, <laughs> and this normally draws a um, a pretty poor field, pretty weak. But this year they had some uh, some gun athletes, both on the girls and the guys side of things. Still was low points and low prize money, but I guess a few people. Uh, just looking to close out their season or just uh, accumulate a few points for next year. The likes of Mary Beth Ellis, you know, they probably, they, they gain so many points in Kona, they don't need to do heaps, but this means, I'm, I'm sure she's going to do a gazillion Ironmans, um, but for some of the others, it means they, they tick off that Ironman that, that, you, that you have to do. Um, well, Mary Beth had to fight for the win. Oh, she only won by what seven seconds. So, so she had a uh, she came out of the swim. Good old, um, a good good friend of the show, Michelle Vestubu. Yep. Uh, she was actually leading coming off the bike, uh, and she's not the strongest runner, but she still hung on for fourth place. Um, but Mary Beth Alice, so she had a bit of work to do on the run, and uh, Sophie de Groot from Belgium um, was running her down and got very very close at the end. And Within 150 meters, and then it got closer and closer towards the finish. Yeah, and then uh, Mary Beth obviously just dug deep and. Yeah, so I don't think they ever. I, oh, and I'm not sure if they ran side by side, but no, I don't reason. think she. 
quite got to her, but yeah. it was it was getting pretty close. Seven so, seconds. Nice work, Mary with Alice. Um, <laughs> another Iron Man in the bag, and uh, outside of Kona, she's just she's undefeated at Iron Man. Is she really? Yeah. Do you know that for a fact? Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty confident on that fact. Outside of Kona, undefeated at Ironman distance. I'm not going. I'm not backing you on that one. You're not backing me, no, Mary I'm Beth. Not. Mary I, Beth. I'm. I'm saying. I'm, Beb, I'm Beb, saying she's Beb, a legend. Don't get me wrong. There. She's definitely had amazing races, but has she always won every race? I'm actually. I'm. I'm almost 100 confident. Oh, that. okay. Well, there we go. If anybody out there thinks otherwise, prove me wrong. But I'm pretty confident she's won every single race. Well, when, when, she's when, done. When, 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 to have all the results of all the athletes forever. Mm. I wish someone did that again. Well, Torsten kind of does. Um, okay, I'm going to try running. Yep, do it, do it. Yeah, Tryrang.com. Do it, challenge. Yeah. So Mary Beth Alice took it out at 9.15.38, uh, seven seconds back, Sophie de Groot uh, and Sonia Tas- uh, Oh, She was 20, we were just about 20 minutes down out of the swim. Oh, really? So noteworthy. She came through with a five-hour ride and then a 3.02 run to run herself up to third. So that was outstanding. Michelle to be fourth and Kathleen Culkins in fifth. On the guys' side of things, uh, also a, quite an interesting race because uh, he had old Dirk Bockel. He wasn't, you know, we've, we've talked about people just rocking up, just tick the box, finish finish the race because um, he would have got a, quite a lot of points from Kona as well. But man, he was he was spanking it off the front on the bike. And, but did and he finish? He did, but he exploded with a 4.30 marathon. Uh, he's not even on the first page here. So uh, yeah, he, he exploded. Ivan Rana came home and uh, he's he's a, he's someone I think we need to stand up and take notice for of for Kona. He's a fantastic ITU distance athlete. He's won world titles and he's had a couple of fifth place finishes at the Olympics. And great run, ran a 2.44 to run through the field. He can bike as well. He's a really strong biker. Um, and he's you know obviously from short course, good swimmer. So 8.15 on Ironman debut, pretty solid. Um, and it was a good field, you know. They had uh, Luke McKenzie, he faded a bit. And uh, I think until he starts slowing down a little bit on the bike, he's just not pulling together a decent run. And we see him, he loves to be aggressive on the bike. Bevan's got his arms in the air. I guarantee I'm right. No, you're not. Where did she get beaten? She's got a fourth, a third. Where? Switzerland, Australia. At Ironman distance? Yeah. 2008, 2009, 2006. Switzerland, ninth. South Africa. Are you looking at Mary Beth Alice? Oh, no, I'm not. Moron. <laughs> I was thinking at Carolyn Stephan. Okay, wait a second. Let's have a look. I guarantee I'm right. Anyways, Ivan Rand. John? Yeah? You're right. There you go. Son of a gun. Son of a gun. Crazy voices left to fun. He's a son of a gun. Uh, Ivan Rana was first 8.15. Bas Diederin uh, was second in 8.22, so a seven-minute victory. Bart Jama was third in 8.24, so some, some pretty good racing there. And, uh, yeah, I was impressed. Good field. Eduardo Stirler was only down there in 13th place. Um, yeah, very solid. Nice work. Do you reckon this is Ivan Rana mm-hmm. going to win it? Kona? Yeah. I don't think he'll win it, but I won't, won't be surprised if he's in the top five. Okay. Wouldn't be wouldn't be totally surprised if he won it. I guess the one area of he's not suspect on the bike, but going over there and riding hard, 180 k's first time up. Mm. Might be cool, John. Yeah, Dockery. That's a big call. Dockery for the win. That's a big call. Yeah, I know you say he doesn't have the the hunger. Yeah. He doesn't have that deep hunger I'll tell you someone who doesn't, and that's Simon Whitfield, because I, I saw a post or something on there the other day saying, oh, I'm just going to be a bit more relaxed with training now and just stay at home a bit more and just chill out a bit. And if he's doing iron distance and taking that sort of attitude, 
can't see him um, doing. So you don't see Whitfield being the champion? No, I see him doing very well just based off natural talent. Twenty years of base under his belt, but um, if he doesn't have that hunger, um, yeah, he might be able to go and win some some you know second third tier races. But uh, in terms of being a contender and Kona man, you got to want that pretty bad. Doherty, mate, that's my call. Two thousand thirteen. You heard it here first. Doherty, Kiwis are coming back. Uh, bloody better be. He's got a great first name. Yeah, Bevan Doherty. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Phuket try. I just wanted to bring this in here because yeah, uh, what was it about? Well, it's a fantastic race, and if anybody has finished in the top two at that race, so they must be going places. Um, is there a reason you're saying this? Yeah, because I finished second there. Oh, is that the one you got second? Yeah, okay. and Pete, Peter Reid was third. Uh, <laughs> really wild. He's staying at uh, Tanyapura, and because he's staying there, he just crushed everybody and ran and did a two twenty nine. That's actually the key to having a good race, guys. Don't train. Just go stay at Tanyapura. And you're set for life. And the second guy also, uh, Tim Mayer, he's involved with Tanya Paul as well. How do you know well. that everyone's staying there? Because uh, I was talking to Craig. Uh, so, okay. good. four fingers down, Bevan, it's not working. Well, oh, I've only had three. Uh, John's go. got himself a new Mac and he's loving the trackpad. So you can, I've got, well, not on, my, on my desktop, I've got a trackpad and a mouse. So I bought the trackpad that you so like you've got a laptop by your desktop. And John went and bought one the other day as well and you're loving it, aren't you? Trackpad's good. Has it changed your life? Oh, it's life changing. Life changing. <laughs> Okay, Challenge Family grows to the European Series with Challenge, how's that one, Victoria? Victoria, and it's going to be an iron distance race, and it's where they held the ITU World Long Distance Champs this year. Uh, I had a guy that was over there racing it, and uh, he said it was a fantastic race, really cool place to go, you get that whole European feel. Um, People get naked. Yeah. Because yeah. Euros do that at a Euro race. Yeah. <laughs> gears, you see a few diddles. Yeah. You know, it's just you, you turn around and you, and you transition, there's a diddle next year. Bum crack in front Bum of you. Bum crack in front of you, it doesn't matter. It's how the Euros roll. Yeah. You know? So, uh, so challenge uh, growing, uh, growing all the time. And another thing for you Euro buffs is we see that Ironman Germany, um, not Ironman Germany, the yeah. European, yeah, oh. I don't know if they call it Ironman Germany. Frank- Frankfurt. Frankfurt, the European Championships has had the slots increased from 75 to 100. So good on um, good on them on, on WTC, I think, really stacking these well, do you championship know the story races. No. Did you read the article? Um, I s- no. No. <laughs> I skimmed with the main part. It's gone up from 75 to 100. That no, but what's happened is the other races disappeared. Oh, Regensburg. Yeah, yeah, so they've allocated the slots to Frankfurt. Mm. Switzerland gets, I think, another 30. Mm. No, no. Switzerland so maybe get another 10. 10. I read that part. And the 70.3 champs, the European 70.3 champs now gets 30 kind of slots. Right. So okay. I, I read it. Because so that's our job. So effectively, there's that's not... why people listen to the show. <laughs> effectively, there's not more slots in Germany. There's just more at that race. But I think this is the way they should go, pumping more more slots into the championship races. So Switzerland now has 60 slots mm-hmm. and the 70.3 European championships, which are in Weisenberg. Weisenberg, yep. Yep, something like that. Um, we'll have 30 slots. Mm. And I'm into the championship races having the 70.3s, yep. so yep. we're happy for that. Yep. Coming up this weekend, uh, we've got the Timex 226 in the Philippines. We've got Hits, Palm Springs in Palm Springs, funny enough. And uh, Iron Punta in Punta del Este in Uruguay. When's, when's Western Australia? Um, weekend after. Oh, because someone sent us through a list of the pros. Yes. So, yes. so it's very good of them. And also, um, Matt, the, the, tree, the peaceful Tri Ninja sent us through a file that unfortunately I couldn't open, but he said uh, even though Phuket's not the Asia Pacific champs, uh, it sounds like there's going to be quite a strong field there. So I wasn't able to find a field. We'll talk about that next week. I know Tams and Lewis is over there. Um, and Maka was in there racing at the weekend doing the Phuket race. He finished down eighth place. Chris Liado was over there. Ben Greenfield didn't quite manage to catch up to Macca. So two minutes behind, not bad. 
Nice work being, being Greenfield. We'll be very yeah. with that. Yeah, nice. And on the girls' side of things, uh, we had in... Where were you getting this information uh, from? I just pulled it out of my butt. Radka <laughs> Vodkanova from the Czech from the Czech Republic and uh, she was the first pro woman oh footsie's beaver yep you're loving it aren't you there you go okay sponsor what are you doing here Bevan SLS try SLS try we had a great picture sent through this week it is a good picture isn't it Peter Faus from Wagga in Victoria Australia just wanted to let you guys know that I'm happy with my new SLS try suit outfit raced the Shepparton 70.3 last weekend and found the suit comfortable fast and an outstanding design I improved my PB by 17 minutes and that's well that's 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 the reason let's be honest all down to the suit crossing the finish line in a better condition than last year Um, a well organised event also had a chat with pro triathlete uh, winner Rebecca Keat a nice chick she's a good chick I saw her in Kona and I didn't really talk to her and I felt bad about it afterwards. She probably doesn't remember who I am. I'm sure she does. Yeah, but I kind of smiled and, uh, you know, kind of that little bit uncomfortable, do I say hello? And, and I didn't. And so, Rebecca, I'm sorry. I'm sure she's listening. <laughs> yeah, she would be. She's probably she's probably thinking I'm a snob now, John. Probably. Yep. So, good on you, Pete. Um, he's wearing his SLS tricep. We do have a few. Um, she has a sister that looks like her. Oh, okay. Well, I think it was her sister because there was a girl yeah. who looked like her around her. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Um, so Pete was wearing a stylish I Am Talk tri suit from SLS Tri, and uh, we do have a few left. I've got a few large here in New Zealand, and uh, we've got a couple of smalls over in the States. We probably will do another run at some stage in the new year, so if you're interested in getting one, um, pop us an email and tell us your size, and I'll see what we've got in stock. And if we haven't, I'll just put you on the list and we'll get them ordered. If you want to get yourself any end-of-season deals, go to slstry.com. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, now's a good time to get some stuff from the States. You know, you never know, might might get a bit of a deal. Use the code IAMTALK and you get yourself a nice, healthy discount. So check it out, slstry.com. We get good feedback on their product, don't we? Yeah, it's great. Mm, mm, People love it, so love their work. Yes. Hot topic of the week. So last week we had one of the most dreaded sessions Mark Johnson sent them through. And uh, and so I'm just going to put up the Facebook page here, John. Ah, oh, you see, this is what I was doing before. And you see, I think people, um, when we put most dreaded sessions, uh, I think a lot of people thought the hardest sessions I've done. Um, well, wouldn't that be dreaded? Well, what do you yes think? and no. You see, because, well, maybe I'll go into my thoughts in a moment. Um, but... Anyway, lots of people were basically putting up sort of real crushing anaerobic threshold sessions, uh, which all sounded good. Christine McKinlay, so quite a few people put swimming as well. Christine McKinlay, six eight hundreds in the pool, a twenty five meter pool. Would rather have my eyes scratched out with a rusty fork. If you do that, <laughs> if you do just go scratch your eyes out, go and see Belinda at uh, the Fennel Eye Clinic, and they'll do a bit of laser surgery and sort it all out You'll be for back you. In no time. <laughs> Wait, uh, so you keep going because I still haven't found it. Uh, Matt Ellis, uh, rest or what? Rest or time off. That's his, that's his dreaded dreaded thing. That makes a lot of sense to yeah. me, actually. Yeah. A lot of people kind of struggle with that, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, a few people have put uh, things like a, a CP30 test, bloody hurts, and uh, that was Bob Jones, and he also thinks that the grizzly bear would beat the polar bear because that was the other. Oh, that's topic. right. Yes. I forgot all about that. Okay, I've got, I'm, I'm here now. Gary Fegan, four hours on the bike. It's 30 minutes easy, then one hour moderate, one hour medium, one hour mad, then 30 minutes easy. Never pace it right, always set off too hard and then explode. One hour mad. <laughs> That's a good coaching term. Exactly. Okay, well, one hour mad. Um, David Yates, haven't done it for a while due to injury, but I always hated the three hour long when the, with the last 30 to 50 minutes at four minute K pace. Boredom followed by pain, but now I can't run. I kind of miss it. Belfong's got 
Definitely swimming. Unless you're a born swimmer, it takes a lot longer to see the improvements in swimming times compared to bike run times, in my opinion anyway. Oh, the wind trainer sessions. Don't know how anyone enjoys those. I avoid them like the plague, despite how good people say they are for your training. Boring is bad shit. <laughs> Edward Wong, Wednesday. Oh, bad shit. Bad. Bad. <laughs> but Edward on the show. Edward Wong, uh, Wednesday run interval session when your coach is in the front of you and your teammates chasing you behind. Not only are you sandwiched, but needs to keep an eye on effort level up, even though when it's not your own pace. It's like a never ending chain of horror stories repeating itself. Um, Trevor Carlson, run club hill repeats. The first week, th- three times. Dreaded as I knew that for the next seven weeks it would be a hell on Wednesday nights until we got to ten times. And as a group run, you cannot fake it. Alan Bennett, uh, common theme emerging here. Swimming sucks. Give me a long run every time or hill climbs on the bike. Don't want any more anyone thinking I'm a bit of a wuss here. Bob Jones. Bob Jones. Mm-hmm. He's a big rich New Zealander, isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. Boxing yeah. Bob Jones. Yeah, boxing Bob. Uh, P- CP30 test. What's that, I think John? I did that. I've done that one. Did you say Bob Jones? I did say Bob Jones because he thought the Grizzly was going to win. Oh, he did too? Yeah. What, what is the CP30? Uh, it's like a... Star Wars? Yeah, yeah, the CP3PO. What is yeah. the CP3? What yeah, it's it? pretty close. It's, it's pretty close. Yeah. It's basically a, a maximum 30-minute test. Oh, okay. Just go bike. crazy. Just go go mad, as Vegan would say. Go mad. Did you go from the bottom to the top, did you? I started... I just do random stuff, you know? Oh, that's how I roll, Bevan. That's where you confuse me. I, I go from the top to the bottom. It's yeah. way more logical. Yeah, okay. Uh, that'll do. Okay, wait a second. Yep. Norman White. Yep. Paying the WTC entry fee. Agree Ouch. with that one. Nice. Okay, John, yourself. Tell me, tell me what your thoughts behind well, it was. Well, um, I, I was thinking about this yesterday, and I don't, I don't really dread any, anything. Oh, come on, John. No, I don't. I, if, 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 I like the challenges. I, I know would, you're hardcore. No. If you, if you said to me, go and do um, 20 hill reps up and down Hackthorne Road, I'd go. Shit, that's going to be really hard, but I go wicked. I'll go and do it, providing you know you just got to have the, the time on your hands. There's no. What about if it was hailing? Sorry, hailing. Yeah, well, yeah. I probably would. Okay, okay there, Bevan. I would. <laughs> yeah. I, I would dread going out riding hill reps in the hail. Um, yes. And so there's not really much I dread. I always dread long swims, but I, I dreaded oh, no. swimming by myself. I hate swimming. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I learned to enjoy it. I, I learned to enjoy it, and yeah. squads definitely made swimming a lot better. Yeah. But when it was me swimming by myself, I, swimming when I was tired is probably when it's best for me, when it's worse for me. Like, I, I, could, I always did my sessions because I was a good boy, but on a Thursday, for example, I used to teach four classes at the gym, and that's back before I had a car. So I'd bike to the gym four times a day, which is probably an hour and a half of just transport riding, then do four hours of classes, and then after my last class at night, I'd go to the pool and have to swim for like an hour. Mm. I dreaded that swim, mm. and I have to say, of the probably hundred times I did it, probably had one good swim. <laughs> and every time I always thought to myself, "What's the point?" Yeah, because <laughs> you know, I was just so tired. If I, th- I think if I had to do a lot of um, sessions on the indoor trainer, I'd probably learned. I probably would dread that. But if I if I was forced into that situation, I'd set it up so it probably wouldn't be so bad. Like a lot of the guys that I coach, you know, you've got the computer trainer, you've got the TV in front of you, and that's not so bad. But if I had to just do them on the stationary trainer at home and be looking at a black dot on the wall, I think I'd probably dread that. Wake up. Wake yeah, up. I've got yawns this morning, mate. Oh, dear. I'm tired today for some reason. I worked too hard, John. That's why. No, I'm sure I don't know you how do. I do it. Now, Bevan, this week's topic. Okay, let me have a look. Don't, don't ask me heaps of questions on it because I'll go into it later. Okay, this but, week. Oh, but wait a second, Grizzly or Bear? Oh, Grizzly. Um, 
somebody oh, Brent, Brent, Brent Anderson. No, not Brent Anderson. Brent. Uh, Is it a Brent? I'll try to find it. No, I'll find it. I'll find it. The Mick, the guy, Brent, who's been helping us out with it, with our lists. Did he send us an email? Brent Campbell. Brent Campbell. He was uh, he was saying that. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Both beer, both huge, uh, both huge beers, and generally pretty, um, ormally, um, unlike the black bear. Anyhow, both species are at risk and in need of our protection. So we don't want them fighting and killing oh, each other. Oh, come on, John, to be entertaining. No. <clears throat> no, I'm going for the fight. But the polar bears and grizzlies are only slightly different genetically with polar bears arising from grizzlies only a brief time ago. So they're saying it's a pretty even fight. Yeah. So if you were to put them in a wrestling ring, like WWE style... They do mate on the edges of the ranges. <laughs> oh, do they? And with climate, say and with climate change, might might be their demise. So will they be half white, half brown? I don't know. You know, stripes. Be like a polar dots. bear. Yeah, dots. <laughs> I mean, probably like a panda. Panda, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's how panda bears start. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Evolution, man, it's happening. <laughs> um, what am I saying here? Okay, so, so who this who's, who's going to win out of polar bear or grizzly? I, I would have gone grizzly. Well, I... I go on where is it being right? Where's the fight being held? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if I'm thinking the cold, the polar bear's definitely got the advantage. There you go. So you, you're going polar. You're going grizzly. I'll go polar bear just cool. to be okay. different. Okay, perhaps we should. Um, what's this one, John? So I'm just going to put this one out here. Is uh, cookbooks, John? We were meant to do a cookbook years ago. Stop. I've got ideas on that. Oh, you had ideas four years no. ago as well. Do you know what's happening on that? I've, I've refined Kindle edition. It. No. Recipe of the week. I'm going to start going through the recipes people have sent in. Oh, people don't want you here talking about a recipe. Okay. I was, I'm doing it. Well, you go, okay, so first of all, three cups of sugar. What do you like? No, just, a, no. What we do is we say, this is this is sent in by whoever. It's people great recipe. photos in for our book, John. Sorry? People who made the meals. Can I finish? No. You just like bloody Belinda. Well, it's Jeez. like the book. Did you finish the book? Now, now, we'll do it. We'll just, Is that what you do we will say, now, now. we're just going to put out there, um, we'll say, right, this week's recipe of the week is XYZ, it's chocolate brownies or whatever it might be. And then on our website, we put up just the PDF. I'll create the PDF and I'll have the picture on there. Got to give the people some credit. The book, that, people. That, is that the tone you use with Belinda? The, the, the book is not happening. <laughs> the book <laughs> is not happening. So. How many recipes did we get? Oh, we could, I don't know. We got enough for a book, didn't we? Well, you can do the book if you want, if you want that badly. No. <laughs> it was your project. <laughs> well, I changed the project theme <laughs> and it's now going to be a verbal theme with a PDF on I am talked.me, driving the traffic to our website. <laughs> Bevan, that's what I'm doing, driving the traffic to our website. Recipe of the week. So this week's topic is, and and I'll come to this in the coach's corner, and you understand why. It's not a good topic, John. Uh, well, it's some. <laughs> I need some help on, so it's a good topic. The best vegetarian cookbooks. Is this because you read the, watch this documentary and you're going to video? Are you? Well, um, we're almost going video anyway, and I need, just need some new ideas. And there's like lots meat? of people out Didn't there. You miss meat. Um, I, I like meat, but watch this movie and you won't bloody want any more meat. Yeah, but John Paleo. Sorry, Paleo. Yeah, well, I'm not doing Paleo, am I? I'm just doing healthy eating. I'm not giving up meat, but I'm just not having very much meat because I'm going to look after the planet. Well, John, actually, actually, John. Don't point the finger at me. Well, no, because now I'm doing the meaty Joe look. I don't point the finger at Joe. Great book. I highly recommend everybody reads it called The Optimal Rationalist. Fantastic book. And there's this guy who's basically saying, oh, how how do I describe this book? He kind of goes through all the different arguments around the things we are really stressed about in this moment in time. Mm. And he kind of proves that we shouldn't be stressed about even climate change. I know, John, read the book. Read the book. I'm sure all those people that are experiencing floods and all that sort of stuff all the time at the moment are 
agreeing with us. John, read the book. Mm. Read the book. Just that. I'm saying a, a hugely, huge, very, very good book. Very, John. Food's not running out. Food is not running out. Leave that when I see Rational it. optimist, get it. I might get him on the show. We can do an I don't interview. Believe it. And he'll go, John. You don't know what you're talking about. Read my book. Uh, how can you have the population explosion and it's not running out of food? Anyway, okay. Good. Another okay. What about day. panther versus tiger for this week? That's a nice change. Okay, do that. But also, we're more because cookbooks in, a bit poor. More vegetarian cookbooks. We need ideas because what, what, often with the questions of the week, guys, is because John needs an answer for something. I just need some. I need some new ideas. So I've got lots of cool recipes, and I need some. Can we? Can we? Can I add to it? You can add your panther thing to it, or you can add a second part to it, yes. Well, panther vs. tiger is kind of cool. Yeah. Panthers- you can't do three things. People will get confused. No, 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 no. Or blog. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm sure if I went into a Google search right now for vegetarian blog. Yeah, you can find them, but you need, you, the people who write the books are going to go, this is the best vegetarian cookbook ever, but I want to know from the people that actually do the stuff, is that a good one or not? Oh. So don't just go Google best vegetarian yeah, cookbooks. Yeah, we have very many vegetarian listeners. I bet there'll be bloody heaps. Get Hillary on the show again. Hillary, I need some support here. Well, she's vegan. Bagged. Vegan. She's yeah. Vegas. Vegan. vegan. The chubby vegetarian here. All right, let's push on. Blog spot. Let's push on. There we go. Number one, John. It's a Kiwi blog as well. There you go. The chubby vegetarian. There we go. And she's got great recipes. I don't know if it's a girl or a guy yet. It's funny that I assumed it was a girl. That's pretty poor of me. Here we go. What's her name? Um, um, I think it's a guy. Don't know. But it looks like a really good website. He's got vegetarian pizza here, John. Cool. There we go. Got to cut down on your gluten as well, pizza. Oh, John, what are you going to eat, man? I'm going to eat these flowers. I reckon that's what we're about to have. Okay, sponsor. Athlinks.com. Now, we had an email in from Terry Martin. Hi, guys. Not sure how to post on Athlinks, but just wanted to say I'm doing Ironman Western Australia in two weeks. It's actually, it is two weeks away. And I'll be doing a PB sub 10 hours 30. Just well, put, I love I love how confident he is in yeah. there. I will be doing it. That's, that's positive self-talk. Just putting it out there and wanted to let you guys know, um, the podcasts have kept me living the dream. So, Terry, if you want to... Are you going to give him a lesson right now, are you? Yep. Good. Yep. Yep. Terry, if you want to um, do it on Athlinks, pretty straightforward. You just log in and uh, or create an idea if you haven't already got it. And you click on the events uh, and results. And no, you don't. You click on events up at the top there. Yep. You type in your event, Ironman Western Australia. You should put that you're doing it. I should put Ironman Kona 2013. I should create an event up there. Um, Ironman Western Australia. How do you spell Australia? A-U-S-T-R-A-L-I-A. Sun Smart. Ironman Western Australia. They've got it up there already. And what you can basically do is you, there's a little plus sign there and you just click on that and you can add that to your upcoming race. Should I just put it up there that I'm doing it, Bevan? Go on. I'll just put it the scare tactics. Sorry, Athlinks, you shouldn't really do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. John Newsom, show everyone. Will I be attending? Yes, I'll be racing. Target finish time. What am I going to do, Bevan? Got to go eight something. Um, eight, eight twenty. Western Australia is fast. Eight, yeah, it is fast. Yeah. Eight twenty. And how many seconds would you like me to do? One. One second. Yep. Uh, how many guests I'll be bringing? Mm, 5,000. 100. 1, 1, 199. Good. What are your goals for this race? To crush Bevan. Crush. Am I doing the race too, am I? Bevan. Yeah. I'm going to 8.15. Yeah. yeah. Let all my friends know. Uh, include a personal message. You're going to get lots of emails from people now going, are you the West Australia? His crap. Okay, maybe I'll, I'll uncheck, <laughs> let my friends know. <laughs> uh, there we go. Unchecked. And... 
two fingers when you're scrolling down the page, isn't it, Bevan? Yep, two fingers. Two fingers. Yep. And save. And now I'm officially doing Western Australia. So that's how you put it on there. And then it pops up and it's telling me that there's a whole bunch of other people. Goodness, there's quite a lot. Good work, you Aussies. Um, give people a bit of love here. Adrian Hamilton's doing it. He's aiming for 9.45. Michael Lennon, 9.45. Paul Hackett, 10.15. Charles Nickel. Hey, that's Charles All Black Nickel. Yeah. And he's wearing his All Black there. Oh, beautiful. 9, 9.45. A couple of people from down the bottom there. Wayne Metcalf, um, Khan Brevig, and John Cox. And there's a whole bunch of other people. So basically, I wonder if my name's up. And my name's up there now. And I am uh, aiming for an 8.20.01. And you must be at the top of the list, wouldn't you? I am, yes, in the 100, 100%. Yes, John, you're going to win it. What, yeah. Anyway, that's how you basically add it. Quick as that. Done. See, it's not hard. It's not rocket science. I might just, I'm, I've just, I'm going to eat it. I'm going to, I'm going to withdraw myself from the race. No, keeping it. Okay. Keep you might it. get a free entry. If they right. rang you now and they go, look, John, come to our race, you know, would you do it? No. Two weeks, John, you can do it. You're tough. You not said you tough. like a challenge. You don't dread anything. Don't dread it. <laughs> not stupid though. <laughs> okay. Ready to go. One, two, three, four. High five. Righty ho. This is something for you to go and do, Bevan. Fancy dress. How to do a fancy dress. Uh, Tim Hemming, he, he was doing some 10K race somewhere in the UK and um, and he decided to get dressed up as a squirrel. A squirrel, yep. A squirrel. And uh, and it, it doesn't sound like it was much fun, to be honest. It sounds like it was hard work because he wanted to go out there and actually... To, he got to, he got to wear the number one. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. And so he's come up with a, with a high five here. It's kind of got like... Quite more than five, so maybe we'll just okay, go pick just it up quick. Okay. Preparation. No, rule number one, do at least one training run in the kit. You're not going to elaborate? Well, that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? <laughs> do at least one training run in the kit. Okay. Sounds obvious, but 2012, Chester has a laissez-faire approach consisting of collecting the suit and rocking up on race day when the package looked... Yeah. Do a training run in it. Okay. Number two, get a good chaperone. Nice. Yes. He did the trial run. It showed one issue. Chester's tail run flagged, run flagged up in one key issue. The gauze over the eye holes meant he could barely see. Yes, so you don't want to be able to not see. Good. Rule three being rubbed up the wrong way. Oh, you don't um, want, yeah, you, you definitely need a lot of. A lubrication. Yeah, a lot of lube. Yeah. Um, don't be a fuel. Staying <laughs> in. F- oh, yeah. I thought, I thought it was going to be don't be a fool. And it is don't be a fuel. Yes, well, he's saying you need lots of liquid because you're going to get pretty hot. In a, you should, we'll put a photo on the on the website because he's got. I'll put a link to it. This article on the website because it was definitely a pretty warm suit he had on, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah. was pretty pretty warm. And he's saying, don't forget to put some fluid in because you're going to be pretty hot out there. Rule five: animals are stupid, especially dogs. They appear in the middle. Um, they think middle-aged men in fancy dress squirrel costumes are real squirrels. Just bigger, slower, and more juicy. If I'd wanted to be chased by mutts, I'd have dressed as Postman Pat. Read the contract. This is rule number six. This is quite a good one. Easily underlooked. For example, the Royal Park states, you must stay in con- um, costume at all times and not in a public space. You are not allowed to speak. <laughs> so he said that was pretty tough. Mascots need to retain an air of mystery. Uh, number seven, people do judge a book by its cover. And it's often better if they just see a cover says awe and take a picture. J.K. Rowling did some kitty-friendly sleeves for her Harry Potter tomes, but it was still the same bunch of dark asses, arts inside. Oh, yeah? Yep. Embrace the heavy breathing, John. Nice. Basically, be prepared to sound like Darth Vader. Cool. <laughs> Luke, 
You are my son. There you go. You know Rule yeah. number nine, be wary of headphones. Oh, why is that? The problem with power ballard is it's unless you go like a bat out of hell, it can become a liability. Nobody likes to see a giant squirrel trampling joggers in London's parks, but despite Joe's hollerings and they got louder in the miles as the miles ticked past and the adrenaline soared, a few plugged-in people got unfortunately stomped. Oh, fair enough. Don't get psyched out by other mascots at the start. Mm. That's kind of true because, you know, like when you get to a race, you're kind of looking who you're going to beat and stuff. When there's mascots, it's obvious who your competition is. Mm. So you can't let them psych you out. You've got to go, you know what? They're here to have their own race. Mm. <laughs> uh did you say, which one did you just do? I just did 10. 10. Uh, number, rule, rule 11, cut the crowd some slack. They don't get it right every time. I was once mistaken for t- for the Tin Man when I was C-3PO on a Star Wars float at Rag Week. Nice. <laughs> C-3PO must have been pretty average. Yeah. Lastly, number 12, uh, it's not the run that hurts. And finally, if you choose to hug a snappy, a snap happy family in the crowd, throw an impromptu pagan dance with a fellow runner who grabs you by the tail or each down that little bit too low for a high five a kid in a wheelchair. Understanding that it might be tiring, it was discovered with bookended uh, photo calls either side of the race. The running part is easy. So basically you're going to get a lot of photos taken. Nice. So that was Tim Hemming who ran as Chester the Squirrel for the Royal Parks Foundation a few weeks ago. Okay, John Boo. Yep. Let's put an interview on. Yep. Or do you want to do something else for his coach's corner? Uh, now chuck it in there. Um, so we've got Andrew Starkowitz who won Ironman Florida. Uh, and didn't just win it, John. Crushed it. He got well. I don't know if he actually crossed the race in the end of the race, but he crushed the bike. Four oh four. Four oh four. That's ridiculous. I don't care how smooth the roads are. That's fast. That is amazing. Mm. Solo as well. Like yeah, in Kona, guys are riding off the front there, but they've often been in a pack for at least part of the ride. Um, but, yeah, just and, and very impressive. As he says, well, let's get the interview on. You guys yep. can listen to him. Here he goes. Okay, really very happy to have on the show today um, Andrew Starkowitz. Hopefully I've pronounced his, his surname correctly. A few weeks ago he tore the course to pieces in Florida on the bike, backed it up um, with a solid race in, I think it was Arizona, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so welcome along to the show, Andrew. How are you all doing today? Good. Did I, did I, how was my pronunciation on your surname? That, eh, it was good. I mean, I've heard worse. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so. I've, heard worse. I've heard a lot of different uh, pronunciations over the years. So how is this, Ed? Uh, Starkowitz is, you know, what I call the Americanized version, but it's, you know, for the Europeans, they pronounce it more correctly, which is Starkovich. Uh, oh, we're well off, you know, And whereabouts is that from originally? Um, somewhere in Eastern Bloc, Poland, somewhere like that? That's correct. There you go. Look at that. Nice. Three points. Wow, you lose a point because you didn't say it properly. (laughs) Hey, uh, Andrew, uh, um, Florida a few weeks ago, um, amazing bike time. Uh, Often we we talk about Florida and the age groupers and and some of the pros and go, well, look at their times. They're incredible. Um, But then we hear the stories about the drafting and what have you. But when you're riding off the front of the course, (laughs) you're not not really drafting unless there's a media vehicle sitting right in front of you. So so, so tell us about your race down in Florida because it was a pretty staggering time on the bike. Um, It was, I mean... It was a staggering time all day, actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I, we got, uh, you know, there's a group of us that got away right away in the swim, and uh, and we all got broken up uh, very early in the second loop when we started going through the age groupers. Uh, 
you know, all of us pros wanted uh, an extra five minutes, you know, because the women didn't want to swim with us anymore because they thought we were mean or something. <laughs> so they put us an extra five minutes out in front, but what that didn't account for is oops, we're at the Tulip course. Oh, uh, okay. Five minutes more that we're in the back of the age groupers. And, I mean, we were... We were in the back of the age groupers. Right. Uh, I, I've seen things I've never seen in a, in, a, in a race. I mean, people stopped screaming at each other, and just I mean, you see some stuff in the back of the pack. I mean, it, you opened up my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they're mean, but uh, you know, we got we got through the swim and uh, we got out of the water second, which really surprised me. I, I didn't think I was swimming that well, but. Uh, I mean, the, both the time and, you know, the play showed that I was swimming very well and just got through transition and really just made sure I had everything. Cause, you know, coming from the shorter course background, you, it's very easy to forget stuff in transition because if you forget something in transition in an Olympic distance race, you're, you're not screwed. Mm. And in Ironman, you're screwed if you forget something. Mm. And uh, so we... So I got through transition and jumped on the bike and immediately just, I mean, I felt good right off the bat and just settled in, you know, for what I, for a long ride, for a long ride, which I mean, for me is only four hours and change, but for most people, they're out there six, seven hours. But I mean, the whole day, it was just, I just got on the bike and started tapping out a great rhythm and I was pretty comfortable on the bike. Not completely. I was always searching to be a little more comfortable. Uh, but I mean, I, I knew I was fast all day. I knew that in order, I wanted to be about 22.15 per 10 miles to hit, you know, I, I knew within realm of sight was 408, 409. Yeah. And so that's 22.15. And I just kept hitting 10 miles and at least the first 50 miles were all under 22 minutes. <laughs> and the course is shaped like a C, so I mean I've gotten three directions of wind, and really I just kept taking little chunks of time out, and I pretty much did it all day. I mean, I, there was no point where I was really exceptionally faster than any other ten miles. They were just dead consistent, and uh, that's where I ended up at the end of the day. And so, are you riding to perceived effort, to heart rate, to power? How are you pacing yourself other than looking at your watch? I was, uh, I, I, I was keeping an eye on heart rate. Mm. Um, I, I don't like racing with power. I've done it once or twice. I'm not a fan. Mm. Okay. Um, and, and what was your strategy on the bike? You know, in terms of uh, you know racing against your other competitors. Are you thinking I've got to go out there and, and and put on a good ride so I can be as far ahead as possible and just shut this race down, or were you just out there doing your thing and whatever the others do, they do? That's exactly what I did. I mean, it's a sport. The sport is triathlon, and so many guys, so many of the other pros have turned have tried to turn it into a run race these days. Uh, and the sport's triathlon. I treat it like a triathlon. I go out there and swim to the maximum of my ability. I bike to the maximum of my ability, and I run to the maximum of my ability. So I just go out there and I race my race. Uh, I don't get caught up with what everybody else is doing. I used to, and I used to race poorly when it happened. So I just go out there and set up my day, and I go out there and execute and race to the best of my ability. Did, did you realize going into the race, you know, you said you were aiming for a low four-hour um, bike ride. Did you realize that would take out the record? Oh, I, I knew that the old record was 
411 or so. So I knew when I was shooting in for a 408 or 409 and looking at my power numbers and training and knowing that, hey, that's, you know, I, it was more than realistic to do a 408 or 409. Uh, I, I mean, I thought the fastest I could go was a 406, just looking at the numbers. Uh, I really didn't foresee a 404, but I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, I, I guess I just, I stayed, you know, I, mean, I just, it was the little things throughout the day that I was very conscious of, you know, the sim- simple things, like keeping the tail of the helmet up against your back, keeping, you know, just in that relaxed arrow position rather than cinching up on the bars a little bit and catching a little more wind. And, I mean, I was just cognizant of it and just the whole day, kept on doing the little things right and at the end of the day i wasn't a 406 which was the maximum that i thought i could ride i was a 404 because i did all those little things right so what what makes that course so fast down there as i said we know with the age group as they get sucked along in big packs but is just the road surface incredible or why is it so fast in florida i mean 106 miles of the road are fantastic i mean 106 miles of the road are just perfect pavement. I mean, it never freezes there. It never, I mean, they don't get much precipitation and the many of the roads are not all that well used. Mm. Uh, I mean, they get traffic, but they're not like, you know, heavy construction vehicles all the time mm. on them. Mm. And it's just really smooth. It's really fast. Mm. Uh, but it, I mean, it's, we also had a great day. I mean, mm. the winds in Florida can easily be, you know, 50k 55 60k an hour mm. and we didn't have those winds i mean in the morning it was it was dead still and i mean it picked up throughout the day but for the first for the first uh two hours of the bike there was no wind mm. whatsoever i mean that's why uh, that's why i said i mean we this course starts out by going east then it goes north then it goes west <laughs> and or actually it goes west north and then east but uh each of those times, they were exa- almost exactly the same. I mean, it wasn't like I was, you know, going, you know, 22 <clears throat> miles an hour into the wind and 35 with the wind. It was there was no wind, and I was able just to go a consistent pace the whole way. You know, as, as, as athletes, we always dream of those dream days, don't you? You know, and, and the more you race, the more you experience bad days and average days, and then occasionally you get that real gold day. Um, what was it like being out there, just mentally knowing you were just flying? Um, it was lonely. I mean, the, oh, really? I guess, I, I, yeah, yeah, it was lonely out there. I mean, yeah, the age groupers were coming the other way and they're kind of cheering for you, but uh, you were, I mean, you're in, you're in your zone, you're in your tunnel, and you're just, you know, just trying to be consistent, trying to stay relaxed. You know, you're focusing on all that little stuff as you do in a training ride. Uh, it's just, I mean, you're going, you're just focusing on, yeah, because I mean, all it takes is one little piece of glass and. You know, cuts your tire and you're changing a tubular real quick, and uh, you know that would that would kind of put a dent in your ability to set a record like that. So, I mean, just you're focusing all day, and it was funnier. The later we got in the race, the further the lead vehicle was getting ahead of us. I mean, before uh, I, you know, they were a good 400 meters, but later in the bike, I mean, they were six, eight hundred meters because I guess I was ahead of the earliest scheduled time for the police. At the corners, <laughs> so they kept on getting further and further ahead to make sure the police were there because I was I had gotten you know three and four minutes ahead of schedule. Wow, <laughs> nice. that's awesome. So, so you're on debut in Florida, um, if my memory serves me correctly. Coming off the bike, what, what are you thinking about for the run? <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, a marathon's a really long way to run. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, it just, it was, I got off the bike and you always, always, whenever you bike hard and bike fast, you're, le- you're, you're always looking forward to those first few steps off the bike because you never know what your legs are going to feel like. They, sometimes you feel great on the bike and you get off and it's like, oh boy. And I mean, I just got off the bike and the legs just felt, you know, pretty good. I mean, they weren't great. I mean, I definitely felt like they had about 200 miles in them, but, uh, they, I mean, it felt that it didn't, they weren't led and I was able to, you know, really just turn them over for the first mile or two. And I mean, immediately I was able to set, settle in right into, you know, 650 mile pace, which is puts me right at a three hour marathon. And so, so that was a target to try to aim for three hours flat? Yeah, that was that was the target. And then actually, uh, I mean, it kind of, you know, coming out of transition, I really had to calm myself down because, I mean, I came out of transition and the clock was under five. <laughs> and I was thinking, shoot, if I run a three hour, I'm going sub eight. I'm going sub eight. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, calm down. Calm down here, man. <laughs> <laughs> you got 26 miles, okay? Let's get excited at mile 24. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, you know, I mean, just my inexperience with the distance is kind of what shot me in the foot of why I wasn't a three-hour versus why I was like a 306 or marathon. This is, you know, just the little, the little nutrition things, the just the little odds and ends here and there they, of the day. They accumulate, and all of a sudden, at mile at the 30k and 35k mark. You know, you're just like, okay, um, you know, you're feeling the feeling the wear of the day. And plus. There's very few guys anymore that go out and solo, you mm. know, solo the, you know, the whole Ironman. Mm, true, exactly. You, you know, you end up winning by around two minutes. Did, like, as much as you're fading towards the end, did you kind of always know you had the race? You know, you never know that you're going to win until you cross that line. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that said, yeah, I mean, I was, I knew I was nutritionally fading, but you know you're you know I do I also did know I had a sizable gap, and as long as I didn't walk, I had the race locked up and once i mean the risk of pushing the pace and going for that eight hour mark was you know the the risk of doing that uh was basically not winning, yeah. so I decided that I'd rather win the race than make an assault on eight hours and save that assault for the future. Nice. So a couple of weeks later, you backed up at um, Arizona. Just because uh, you had nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, it was 15 um, days. It was 15 days. Oh, I mean, 15. it wasn't a couple of weeks. I would have liked a couple more. <laughs> you got a bonus day. So, so there it was um, a 48 swim, a 416 on the bike, and a 310 on the run. Um, tell us how that day went, say, relative to, to Florida. Um, you know, I, I mean, and I guess if we back up before Florida, I had raced, uh, the, the three weeks prior to, Rev, to Ironman Florida, the previous weekend I had raced Rev 3 Florida mm-hmm. and split 159 on the bike there for a half. Uh, and then two weeks before then I had won Rev 3 South Carolina. So basically in the previous 35 days going into Arizona, I had raced two halves and a full. Nice. So, and for the first time, for the first time that whole time, I felt tired. Mm. I mean, I showed up, I, I started, on the start line, I was tired. And, uh, 
I was, uh, you know, once we got go- once we got going in the swim, I was able to settle in on the very back of the uh, lead pack, and just, I mean, I I just hung on to the back of the lead pack in the swim, and as soon as we got on the bike, uh, went to work. Uh, the first loop of the bike was good. I mean, I got. I don't know what it was. I didn't pay much attention to how far back everybody else was. I was just, again, letting my race unfold. And uh, that second loop, once we started getting age groupers out there, it was, I mean, it was it was very treacherous. And I kind of, I, I kind of, uh, you know, got a little tight and, uh, you know, wasn't all that arrow just because, I mean, after my experience this spring in Abu Dhabi and having to pass, I think, about, 2000 plus age groupers and you know having them come in screaming at you the other way it was it was kind of an an, an unnerving feeling uh so i you know the first loop was great on the bike the second and third loop i was i played it very safe and then uh got out on the run and just i mean all the first the first half marathon went well the second half marathon i think i ran about i mean first half marathon again i was on three hour pace the second half marathon i think i was about uh 7:30 pace. Just, I just, I mean, I felt all, the, I felt all the miles uh, piling on uh, that final half marathon. So, Andrew, are you um, planning on going to Kona next year? You know, I thought about it. I really, you know, I mean, I basically what I did this fall was is I finally got clearance to race uh, after having shoulder surgery in May. I finally got clearance to race the second week in October, and in the following six weeks. Uh, the big races were Rev 3 South Carolina, Rev 3 Florida, Ironman Florida, and Ironman Arizona. So I decided to do them all, and then I'm getting married uh, December 1st. So I had a I had a finite window to get some races in to uh, for the for the year. Uh, so I got those races in, and I mean honestly, I still haven't thought about 2013. I'll think about that after the wedding. But uh, I mean, it does open the window that uh, I could jump up and do Kona after racing these two Ironman races that it's an opportunity. Uh, I really just haven't exactly laid out next year and how I'm going to tag next year yet. You had to do all those races to pay for the wedding as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no, that was the joke is, is, you know, at each race, like, you know, for Ironman Florida, you win $5,000. Well, that pays for open bar and the hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> um, t- tell us, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested, um, about general Ironman strategy, you know, and how fast you think he can run. Because if we look at, say, Chris Liedo, <clears throat> excuse me, he he got pretty close one year in Kona from from riding off the front and getting about a ten minute lead. And had he put in a a, um, a, a sort of a sub three hour, yeah, yeah sub three hour run, he, he may well have um, been able to win the race. How fast do you think you can run um, in an Ironman race when you when you're having a good day? I don't know. I've never really trained for an Ironman. Yeah. I mean, never really trained for a marathon. I, you know, it's, uh, you know, I've run, through, I've had, I've done three marathons, and two of them have been three tens, and one's been a three oh six. So, mm. I mean, I think, I think they can run into the two fifties. Mm-hmm. I don't know how far, uh, and it also depends. Like I said, it depends on how your legs feel coming off that bike. Uh, I, you know, I mean. Every time, every time you come off the bike, your legs feel different, and it, you know, you could be at the same heart rate and the same workout, uh, but it's, I mean, every time your legs feel a little different, just depending on how you swim, depending on how the wind is on the bike, you know, how, you know, whether you're having to lean and fight a wind or whether you're just sitting straight up on top of that bike and 
just taking over the pedals. So, I mean, every time it's a different world when you get off the bike and, you know, and the unfortunate part about the run is, is it's last. And so all the stresses of the day show face in the run. Hmm. How fast do I think I can run? I think I can run in somewhere in the 250s, but hmm. I mean, I, I haven't been able to do it yet. Hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I think, I mean, three, three, three Oh five is, is a place that's achievable for me right now. Hmm. So, um, you know, looking back, I think what Norman Staller won with a 257. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Hey, um, you know, obviously you, we can't get you on the show and not talk about the Abu Dhabi experience. Just want to share maybe a little bit of side of your story, because I'm sure you've told it a million times already, but, um, you know, just tell us a little bit about that experience for you. Experience. Uh, yeah, that was, that's an understatement. No, it was just, uh, it was a, it's a situation that was just badly handled yeah. uh, by race management and the race promoters. Uh, you know, there was a volunteer that made a mistake and I paid the consequences. Uh, it was, I mean, it's unfortunate for all parties involved. Uh, you know, I didn't, I mean, I was leading the race, and, I mean, honestly, still to this day, I know I would have won the race. Yeah. I mean, I was in better shape then than I was this fall. Uh, but, you know, it's, you know, she she ran across the road. I collided with her, and uh, the next thing I know that uh, I'm getting charged with attempted manslaughter and thrown in jail. So uh, that's. That's what it was, and I mean, I spent I spent six weeks over there, and I mean, I sought the best medical attention they had, which I mean, they pretty much said there was no problem. Well, I come back here and have you know orthopods here look at all the X-rays and MRIs that I got over there, and they're like, Jesus, you have a broken collarbone, you have an AC separation, you have an S a partial SC separation, you have you know, a kink nerve here, and that's why you can't do this. And then you also have a huge hole in your labrum. And uh, you're, I mean, you can, you're not going to be able to race. I mean, you can try to race, but you're not going to be able to race and be competitive. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I had to, had to make the decision right away, actually, to, uh, hey, let's, I mean, I found the best doctors around here and got ahead and operated on. And, uh, you know, I mean, they, <laughs> They pretty much told me that it would be probably until November when I'd be getting back in the pool. So, I mean, this fall, the races I did this fall were a shock to all of us, and maybe that's why it hurt a little less when I raced this fall was is that, hey, I mean, all I had to do was think that, hey, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to uh, still be uh, still be rehabbing and uh, just, I don't know whether it's good genes or what it was, besides having a great doctor, that, I mean, I was back racing in mid-October. How scary was it when you were in Abu Dhabi for six weeks and um, and the uncertainty around it? How, how what was that experience like for you? Oh, it's unnerving. I mean, you you, you just don't know. I mean, every day you just don't know. Uh, really, you're. It's like okay, today you know you're at the police station today. Hey, today maybe the day you get the clearance to go home, or you know every day you get false hope, and every day you get shot down. Really, and it's that way for six weeks. Wow. Oh, well, this weekend, it's all going to change. Getting married, getting hitched. Yeah, it's a different kind of nervousness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
And um, so at this stage for 20, 2013, no sort of specific plans, just going to see what, what rolls out and um, come the new year. Yeah, I mean, 2013, I'll, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure come December 15th, uh, I'll sit down and really take a good look at all the races next year. I mean, there's a lot of stuff changing around here uh, with, you know, the Olympic distance and then, you know, there's always, there's, there's just a lot of change. I mean, the disappearing of the Toyota series, uh, which in the past has been my bread and butter. Mm. Uh, and I know that uh, they're saying ITU is going to get more involved in U.S. triathlon or putting on more events in the U.S. I, you know, I mean, where I'm going to end up next year, who knows? Uh, I mean, it definitely did open the door that I could do Kona. Uh, I do need a lot more points uh, because, I mean, for winning Ironman Florida, yeah, you get a thousand points, and you need about four thousand to get in. So, mm. I actually got more points for finishing seventh at Arizona than I did for winning Florida. Go figure. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you just gotta, you know, I mean, if I do commit to uh, to doing Kona, it would be I do need a lot of points. So, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm by no way, by no means in uh, to do Kona, mm. uh, and that's one of the that's one of the unfortunate things about the the. KPM or KPS or whatever K- it's KPI, called, the Kona yeah, Point yeah, System, yeah. is that uh, you know you get you don't get you don't get the people that won the races like you used to. You get uh, you know you get uh, the people that earn the most points. Mm. So mm. I, uh, it's it's like auto racing. Sometimes you just have to go out and earn points. So I'm gonna have to decide if I want to play that game or not. Do, do you enjoy the Ironman distance? No, no, I really don't. <laughs> No, I mean, I like I like just the raw suffering of Olympic distance and sprint distance races. There's not very many sprint distance races I get to do, but I just like going flat out in the Olympic distance and just suffering and then being able to do it again next weekend. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> that, that iron distance is, uh, it's just, you don't suffer like you do in the Olympic distance. It's a different type of suffering, and it takes too long to get there. Uh, you know, I like to suffer. I like to push myself, and uh, I, I enjoy doing that in the Olympic and in the halves. So, I mean, if I had to make a choice, Kona should be an Olympic distance race, and I'd be there every year. <laughs> nice. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't cross your fingers. Um, one thing that I got somebody sent through to me is you've got a, a, a book. I'm, I haven't had a look through it, but you got for swimmers 365 main sets. So tell us about um, where people can find a, a bit a bit more about you. Um, I know you've got a blog site, and if you've got any other things you wanted to to give a plug. Um, 365 main sets has been, I've been working on it for quite a few years now. Uh, every time I get injured or go through taper a little bit in the off season, you put together, you know, your, your key workouts of the year. And during my time that I was down this summer, I finished, uh, four swimmers, 365 main sets. It's basically, uh, 365 swim sets that I've done. Uh, at least one time each. <laughs> Many of them I've done three, four times. Uh, and I divided them amongst uh, four levels because, I mean, I know that not everybody swims at the same level. So I basically took the workout uh, and then made it made it for four different interval levels, basically a gold, silver, bronze, and novice, uh, just to cover a very wide range of swimmers. 
because uh, I mean, I've coached, I've coached masters programs and I mean, these, these are the sets I use for them. I just, you know, basically take workouts that I've done and scale them back, you know, whether it be 10, 20, 30%, uh, and more. Uh, so, I mean, what I've done is, is so anybody can, anybody who swims, uh, who can swim well in, in a triathlon and, you know, an Olympic, uh, you know, just a, a 1500 meter swim. I mean, if you're under 30 minutes, uh, you would easily be able to do, you know, the, the book, mm. uh, of workouts. And therefore you wouldn't, you wouldn't have to do the same sets that you've done for the last 20 years for the next 10 years. Mm. I mean, you could have a different workout every time in the pool because, uh, a lot of the people that I used to swim with and I do still swim with, they, they like doing their same sets of 10, 200s and 2100s <laughs> and 15, uh, 250s. They like doing it over and over and over again. And I just, you know, I, I never like seeing the same workout twice, yeah. at least in a season. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great opportunity. You can go to my blog. It's out there. My blog is astarkwitz.blogspot.com. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't gifted with an easy last name to spell. So <laughs> I mean, if you just <laughs> yeah, you just go, you just go out, search on on the internet for swimmers, 365 main sets <laughs> in the U.S. It's available at BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, for everybody all over the world, it's available on Amazon. Sweet. So uh, it's it's out there. It's a great resource. Um, it's, I don't know. I had fun doing it and I have, and I still, and I use it as a tool now. I think it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, I'll, I'll be sitting there in the parking lot of swimming being like, okay, what do I want to do today? And, <laughs> you know, okay. You know, this guy, this guy, this guy, Andrew Starkwitz made a great book, <laughs> you know? but, uh, no, I mean, I, I gotta say, you know, if I'm going to plug anybody right now, it's gotta be. Uh, all the people that have supported me over the years. I mean, uh, whether it be my family, I have a whole bunch of friends that actually listen to your podcast regularly. That's cool. Um, I have, you know, I mean, you're just the supporters, whether it be sponsors that you've left or current sponsors. I mean, all of them have ta- been a huge, a huge asset. Uh, and just in the, in the formation of me as an athlete. Uh, I've had great coaches along the way, whether it be when I was younger and just learning to swim in high school or whether it was, you know, some of the coaches when I played water polo or that I've met along the way when I've, when I've swam with different swim clubs. I mean, every single one of them pay, plays a huge role in who you end up with, with who you end up as at the end of the day. And, I mean, I've had a lot of really good people that have supported me along the way and i mean no nobody more than just my family i mean this this summer i got to spend a lot of the summer when i was rehabbing just jogging with my brother and it's 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 one of the coolest things you know it's like hey i get to share this uh you know it's my job but i get to do this with my with my brother and he you know he enjoys running with me and you know it's the nicest thing and of course i'm getting married so Mm -hmm. i mean it's I, I found I found a lovely young lady who's willing to put up with me racing. Nice. Uh, because I mean it is it's a family it's a it's a not only just a lifestyle it's a family sport. Uh, it's 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 what you eat it's what you breathe it's what you drink. Uh, because you can't you know as as an athlete as a professional athlete especially you're, you're not going out on Friday night and hitting and hitting the bars because Saturday Saturday morning is still more important than uh, Friday night. 
and it's you know it's it's a lifestyle and you know to share it to be able to find somebody to share it with has been fantastic uh and it's really you know i mean it's it's helped it's helped call me for the last few years or in races and uh you know i enjoy it a little bit more now than i used to just because uh there's somebody always pulling me back letting me remember what the age group what the age group races were i mean she was in t2 when I was uh, finishing at Florida, and she started jumping up and down, and the volunteers were asking her, are you all right? Are you all right? My fiancé just won. My fiancé just won. They they know what to do. So, I mean, just to be able to share it, you know, with with everybody is awesome. And uh, I got to say that New Orbea or Ardu is pretty fast. Nice. Well, you proved it, didn't you? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Awesome, Andrew. We're really looking forward to seeing um, seeing how you race next season because uh, you certainly add a different dimension to the racing. And, and um, yeah, looking forward to hopefully maybe see you in Kona one day. And uh, all, Good luck this weekend. All the very best for your wedding this weekend. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You guys have a, a great day. Thanks, cool. mate. Thanks, man. Awesome. What do you think? Very cool. Yeah. Smoking, John. Mm. Smoking. Like the attitude. How long do you think you could stay with him in a race for at 404 pace? How many minutes could you stay in the race for? Oh, a little while. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know, but how long? Um, could, you, could you do an hour? 45Ks an hour, I don't think you could. I think I probably could do an hour. Yeah. Absolutely, yep. you'd have to smack yourself, wouldn't you? Well, no, I would say 45K an hour on that. Uh, no, surface. I'd probably do maybe a little bit longer than that. I, I would say 45K an hour on that surface is probably more like. 39, 38 over here. I think there'd be that much you difference. You reckon? 7Ks yeah. an hour? Well, maybe 39. Yeah, and no, I reckon there would be. Um, he's, he's just under 45. I'd say just under 40 on on our roads. Um, pretty confident I could do that with a little, with a little bit of training. Right, game face on. Yeah, what do you think? You could last five minutes. Nowadays, mate. I'd probably be a good half an hour. Yeah. Max. Yeah. I used to be gun on the bike, now I'm hopeless. <laughs> Problem is, you don't use it, you lose it, don't you, John? Exactly. Don't want to be losing it. Uh, so that was interesting, I thought, is it was comments around the both races, really, in terms of crashing into age groups and stuff, was was really interesting mm. and, and a real issue, I think, WTC need to look at for the, for the pros because it is, oh, I mean, again, we're not that fast, but just. Um, I know even in Roach, you know, that was bad enough. Um, yeah, going through the field. Going through the field on the second lap there, and that was much more spread out, and, and even that was, um, you know, a little hair-raising, but I, I hate to think what they'd have to ride through it at, say, an Ironman Arizona when they're just, you know... You, or Florida, yeah. which is renowned as being a draft fest. Oh, I would hate to think, because you're just, you're going, those guys, you know, because you, when you're passing the back markers, it's not like you're passing somebody who's going similar speed to you. He's no. going 45k an hour. And they can they're going go all over the road. and 25k an hour. They're going basically half his speed. Yeah. Um, so there'd be a nightmare. Imagine going through the aid stations. You're coming up to an aid station. It's all blocked out and you can't get in there. Well, what was really interesting about Andrew's race was that, um, you know, like you look at it and you go, well, 404, fast day. But the rest of the other guys only did – the next fastest guy was like 418. Mm. And then most of the other guys were in 420. So – as much as he talked about it was a perfect day, it's a perfect day for him. Mm, you know, good. you know, it was a pretty phenomenal race. So awesome work, Andrew. So we'll see what um, what he what he does in the future in terms of iron distance racing. It sounds like his heart's in the in the hammering, the short course stuff. So Kona, whilst it's probably there for him to do one day, it doesn't sound like it's a driving ambition for him. Sure. Yes. Sponsor. Uh, where are we up to, Bevan? YouTube. Where are we up to? 
YouTube oh, yeah. for Extreme Endurance. So I was on Extreme Endurance. Um, you say just thinking, what can we have a chat about Extreme Endurance today? And you go to their YouTube channel and you see all the um, the athletes there. Matthew Russell, I think, finished uh, just in, he won Ironman Mont-Tremblanc. No, he won Ironman Canada and I think he won Ironman Tremblanc as well. Or he was um, right up there in those two races. He's on there saying what, what products he uses. And they've got a whole bunch of pro athletes have got their... Leslie Peterson I think it is who was the Xterra champ on there and there's lots of little different YouTubes up there also Leon Griffin's got quite a cool little um, thing on there so if you want to uh, check it out go to xendurance.com and they've got a a YouTube channel um, most of their pros and, and a lot of their different athletes talking about which things they use what they've experienced with it and uh yeah, check it out if you want to get the if you, if you have, if discount codes, people across the board. Um, please don't Facebook us or email us. Um, just go to our website. Um, I am talking, <laughs> and there is there is a page on there that's got the discount codes. And if if it's not working or something like that, again, please don't email us. Just email the company. They're happy that they'll be happy to sort it out. Um, so at the moment, they've got discounts on the Amiga Vital, and uh, and the codes are on our website. And it's not that we're not answer, but basically we're just going to say go to them because we don't. Yeah, you know, it's, you know if the code's it's not working yeah. for some particular reason. Um, just, just go to them. They're Top all, five reasons you should use um, extreme endurance if you're a CrossFit for athlete, John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, you should do some CrossFit. So uh, Dave Dorn does. Does yeah yeah yeah, yeah. good yeah. Sure. He was coaching the other morning, mm-hmm. and he was showing people where he does his burpees mm-hmm. in front of the, like you know 150 runners. Nice, they were loving it. Yeah, cheering him along. Good. He has a bit of funny technique because he meant yeah. to kind of jump up and then clap in the air, yeah. but he seems to clap behind his head like this. Right. <laughs> Like a bloody seal. <laughs> yeah, like a seal behind his head. Yeah. It was, it was beautiful. Got to get the press-up burpees or just standard burpees? Well, I think no, they, they drop to the ground. They, they got, look like they're humping the ground because they do the whole body to the ground. Yeah. And they stand up and you know, they kind of jump. Get that explosiveness. That's the key with a burpee, isn't it? Yeah. Get that explosive jump yep. you go through. Um, and then obviously he meant to reach up, but he kind of more just keeps bent over and claps behind his head. It's quite a good strategy, I thought. Yeah, it, was, it was a beautiful thing. Uh, so if you want to get yourself from Extreme Endurance, xendurance.com, and uh, a lot of you guys might be going into, the. Well, for us we're going into summer, but if you're going into a marathon build-up for, for guys like Boston and um, early sort of spring marathons, um, the stuff will be the business in terms of your lead-up races and not getting sore legs, and also coming out the other side of those marathons with uh, a lot less um, muscle soreness in legs. So check it out, xendurance.com. John, they're sponsoring lots of big companies nowadays, aren't they? Mm-hmm. You know, they started with us. We've made it for them. Project 2014. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> any, any opportunity. Yeah. I'm going to put some music on Coach's Corn. Here we go. Coach's Corner. It was not very enthusiastic. Oh. It's been a long day, Bevan. What is it? 8.30? Hey, I've been yawning a lot today. I'm pretty tight today. Bevan's been gagging to see my Project 2014 logo. Look, he's showing me. Here he goes. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool, Jombo. Ed Wallace uh, helping me out with that. And it's, it's good. He's done a good job. Good work, Ed. And you know why he's done a good job? Because it's got Project. It's got John Newsom, Coach John Newsom Project. And it's got two, but instead of a, a 2-0, it's got Kona in where the O would be. It's got the Kona Island. So that'll be going live when I get off my butt and get the site live but I'm looking some stage in January because we've got a camp in January we did get an email from someone saying they're really liking your 2014 oh, things people excited. Yeah, well more than one but one person in particular saying because recently all the talk's been about drugs and all yeah, the yeah. bad things in the sport and it's nice to have something aspirational happening there you go 
So you're, you're John, you're becoming an inspiration. Doing it for the, the people, Bevan. Doing, doing it for it the people. people. There we go. You always do. Yeah. Jenny Robinson sent through a great email a little while ago. Tell um, me about it. Because I've been telling people that I've been <laughs> reading the, the Tim, Noakes, uh, Tim Noakes book. Yeah, and he's saying eat lots of meat. And he's, he's got some great stuff in there as well around hydration. And uh, I'll go over that. I haven't, I'm only about halfway through the book. <clears throat> you're right. Yep. Um, actually, I've now finished all the stuff on the diet. And the, it's basically broken into different about six or seven different um, and he's kind of saying not necessarily paleo he's, 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 he likes it um, while well, we get meat. fat book doesn't he yeah yeah but the Atkins basically Atkins yeah. style and uh, some meat you know well not necessarily just meat but protein high, and fat low carbohydrate low high, sugars. high fat high protein yeah. uh, and low sugars is, is a combination and uh, Jenny heard me sort of mentioning about that and she said I'll oh, take a look at the China, the China study by Dr. D.T. Uh, by Dr. T. Colin Campbell um, and so I, I did a quick look at that and there's a, there's a movie called Planet Eat or a documentary called now, Planet Eat Now where did you get Eat. it from? Um, just found it and it's basically the following Was it free? Uh, no I paid uh, $5.99 US for it mm-hmm. and I uh, watched it when I was on the train the other night so Planet Eat I think it's I oh, know it's Plan Eat Plan Eat I'll, Plan put, eight. I'll put a link through um, to you Is better. that with a combined two words? Yes. So it's kind of Planet and Eat. Planet Plan oh. TV, I think it was. And uh, it was a documentary uh, around the China study, which was they, they looked at all these different areas in China and why they're getting heart disease and this, that, and the other thing. And, and one main, main theme of it was uh, reduce, uh, no, eliminate or meat, very strong relationship between meat and protein and getting cancer, basically. And so this guy, <laughs> the, the, these guys are basically completely polar views. I think. But both parties are really advocating a, uh, you know, a bit of a plant and, and decreasing the amount of sugars and carbohydrates and stuff. But this one is very much saying uh, eliminating meat, and you are going to drastically reduce your um, chance of heart disease, heart attacks, and so on. Whereas Noakes, on the other hand, is saying basically the complete opposite. <laughs> it's just like two guys that are obviously incredibly intelligent, uh, both got done the research to back it up, and they're both saying pretty much the exact opposite things. John. But the other thing about this movie that, that really, there was that side of it around the, the meat side of things and whether it's healthy and cancerous and, and so on. But the big part of this movie was around um, the sustainability of... Uh, Eating meat and John, the irrational optimist. <laughs> no, I've really struck a chord with me. And uh, and wait, 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 have you just got confirmation bias here, John? Sorry. Well, well I probably bloody have, but I don't care. I just, I just, I'm worried about the the planet and the environment, Bevan. And uh, and this confirmed what? Yes, I probably do have confirmation bias, but this confirmed uh, the feelings that I've already got. And I've already, I've already been making a shift to much more of a plant-based diet and that shift is going to to continue so you're not open to other opinions sorry i'm open to other opinions but they better be bloody good ones well this would read the rational optimist trust me it's just logical though this thing it was just i was watching this movie just going that's really logical yeah because yeah but but you've got to look at the other side of the coin well do you Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Now, I'm not saying either's right or wrong, but I'm saying you, you need to. Interesting thing is, there's another good, really good book, good book called Science of Fear, and Science of Fear talks about cancer, and they say cancer is the biggest killer of our time. But as a percentage of population, it's the same as what it was in 1900. Mm-hmm. The only difference is, is that they've solved all the, they've um, found cures for all the other diseases that we died of in 1900. So we had like polio and all these big diseases. It was kind of like five big diseases in 1900. And cancer was one of five, and so mm. it wasn't the biggest killer of our time. Cancer is, it's a terrible disease, and it's its not good. I'm not saying cancer is a good thing, but 
it as a percentage of population, it hasn't increased. It's right. still exactly the same as what it was in 1900. It's just we've solved all the other things. And there's this book, The Science of Fear, talks about how we manipulate all these things to create all this fear. And um, and a lot of things that we are fearful of aren't actually that we shouldn't be that fearful of them. And then the rational optimist then goes into even more detail and scientifically shows you why and talks about lots of good things. And I'm not saying that we should be aware of our impact on the environment, but I think we've also got to be realistic around actually how we're evolving. We're evolving in ways that are actually better for the environment. And he talks about how much, like for example, he talks about agriculture, he talks about solar power. We, you know, we think about oils and all that being bad, but solar power is actually not a very efficient way to create energy. It, it costs a lot more energy to create energy. Oh, John, don't get me started. Well, I have. So do you, do you think that it's sustainable to keep eating all this meat and go intensive farming and the impact that's having on the Well, intensive farming actually has less impact on the environment. Yeah, but the amount of food and energy it, cre- it takes to create the meat and stuff, that's where there's uh, the issue. No, because they're getting the, the, the science and as we evolve, we're much better at it. He talks about... Uh, watch the movie, Bevan. Read the book, John. Yeah, I'll... I'll okay, I'll, I'll watch the movie if you read the book. Yeah, you've got the bloody easy... Easy side of the bargain there. Um, I have. I <laughs> it takes me a while to get through books. I've been I've on this an audio book. one for a little while. Seriously, like you know what I mean. Like we live in interesting times, but what what we often look back and we think, well, we, we're screwed for life. And he shows lots of examples of this, and and he's kind of saying, sure, we've got it. With these things, we need to figure out, but. If you look at humanity moving forward, we've always figured the big issues out. The thing that was a big issue 50 years ago, we figure it out. And yes. But obesity, I think, is, 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 is outlined is, is a massive, massive issue. And oh, I, don't think, I don't think we're, I don't know, I just don't think people are really figuring it out at the moment. Obesity? Yeah. Well, that's a different topic, isn't it? Well, no, really. I mean, this is, this is, a lot of this stuff is related. Watch, watch the movie anyway. Okay, read my, the book. My, my general views are um, remove processed foods from your diet, um, reduce gluten, and that obviously reduces your, your carbohydrate intake, increase your fruit and vegetables, and these are basically things that I'm doing. And when it comes down to meat, think about the planet, John. do your research, make up your mind, and then John. number five, buy some good recipe books. This, oh, what's going down your driveway? Someone's moving. Uh, buy some good recipe books and uh, spend 15 minutes less a day on the internet and spend it on cooking nice, healthy foods. John? Yes. Do we really want to do another nutrition debate on the show? Wow. <laughs> Remember last time? I'm up for it. You're up for it? Yeah. Okay, just one, one, one of your tips here. Do your research. Read the book, John. Yeah. Read the book. I think we've been going long enough here. Do we want to do this website of the week? We can save it. Save it. Oh, I see. How long Jeff Curry, we are coming to you. We're coming to you, Jeff. We're coming to you. Mm. Questions and answers. Or even coffees. Of, well, we'll do coffees of high after questions. Okay. So first of all, on Facebook, Peter Myers is wondering why there's no good parties at Kona. Well, Peter. There is. <laughs> you just need to know the right people. You just got to know the right people. And um, there's that upstairs one that was closing off when we came out of the... No, no, that's true. Because the year that... Uh, the first year we went to Kona, I think it was, mm. there was no put on party by a sponsored product. Well, we, no, I think there probably was. We just didn't, didn't know the right people at that no, stage. No, no, because Mecca was at the, the party we went to. There was quite a few pros at the party we went to that year. Okay. Remember yeah. Jess was there? And, yeah. Yeah. So and so one of the bars in Kona has a big... Upstairs. Is it yeah. Lulu's? Oh, I don't know. But it was, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. I enjoyed so it. It was a good night that night. Just go bar hopping, I think. But I, I agree with him. Like when you go to Ironman New Zealand... Um, uh, you go to the party that you know they have the prize giving there, and then they clear a bit away, and you get a bit of a uh, bit of shindig going on. Did on they? the yeah, well, I remember the time that I did, and it's a, and it's a good vibe afterwards. Were you dancing by yourself, John? Yeah, I was up there. I was on the tables. <laughs> was it really shindig? Or you I, used I was a bit on, drunk. I was on the tables, um, but I do think it's a pretty relatively easy thing to do to try to have a bit of a 
bit of a party, get a bit of a DJ rolling up front there. It'd be good in the, the car park there in the King Camp. Just going nuts. It would be good if they made a party atmosphere. Yeah. How many people would go? Well, you've got three, three or 4,000 people standing there ready to do something straight after that dinner. Okay. John uh, Ben, the running man, Shaw, is in Seashore. He always mm. tells us that. Um, he did Ironman Arizona. He was helping out in the transition. And what happened, John? He was a bike handler. Bike handler? So he's he got some, those bikes. some tips there. Um, for the love of Crowey, please, this is tips because he was a bike handler and he, they had all sorts of things going on. For the love of Crowey, please take off your old race numbers. Um, at least a dozen bikes got misracked today because of hurried volunteers, saw a number, thought it was the right number, and racked the bike with that number. Keep only, talking, back in a second. Only later to discover that it was actually the Ironman Florida number or Ironman Wisconsin number on the other race number so people give up the glory of those past races and uh and just take those numbers off we also had a dozen bikes come in with no number on them then of course uh those people will complain why it takes so long to find their bike uh, another one do us a favor there are 2500 bikes and there are 30 of us the only hope we have of figuring out where your bike is is for you to have your bike clearly marked with your race number and not a bunch of old irrelevant race, num- race numbers that will lead to confusion great day today warm but not hot water was a couple of degrees warmer than last year slight breeze course must have been fairly fast Got to, uh, got to share the story of how you helped me after my, I DNF'd at that Olympic distance some years ago with a lady who DNF'd today. It's, it seemed to cheer her, so thanks again. Oh, that's good to hear. Nice. That's good. God, we've, got, we've, got, we've got him thinking about his next, uh, next try next year. Good old Paul. Mm-hmm. Now, Paul, I don't have your last name in front of me right here, but Paul is the head coach at Team True Spirit. And I've got a link to Team True Spirit on Facebook, and I'm going to put that on our website, www.iamtalk.me. Now, what happened to the Tri Club that you were going to do this week? Yeah, it was sort of website of the week slash club of the week. It's not this one? No. No, because I didn't send this to you. But anyway, he's basically saying they've got a Facebook page and they're a group of injured servicemen and women for, and for the past couple of years they've been putting individuals and relay teams through Ironman UK and Challenge Henley. You may have seen one of our guys in Kona, double amputee Joe Townsend. It started to help a couple guys through the final part of the rehabilitation, but with public support and the affection we have received has been overwhelming. We have dis- uh, decided. Uh, we have decided to our rose. Oh, basically, wait a second. What's happened there? The ethos to start out as affection. Okay, so basically they've got a tri club happening to overcome adversity, whatever it may be. They have a physical base in Bolton in the UK, but would like to build a worldwide online membership. So basically what they're doing is they're getting return service people who have, you know, obviously had some pretty hardship done. Mm-hmm. And they're using it, you know, using triathlon as a way to help them, you know, get back into life. And uh, it's really great work they're doing. It's called Team True Spirit Triathlon Club. Tell you one thing, John. Oh goodness, what are you tell me? Oh well, um, read the Russian optimist yeah. first of all. You go watch Plan A. Yeah, <laughs> then, uh, but they. Um, what am I trying to say? I, watch, I listened to. There's a podcast called This American Life, which is a, a really good podcast, and it's. Um, I listened to it a few years ago, and they had a service man who had been in Iraq and lost his legs in some attack bomb. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was horrible, and. They recorded him ringing his mum, mm. and seriously, I cried. It was mm. one of the horrible. It was just like he was trying to be brave for his mum, mm. and he's you know he goes, "Mum, it's me," and and he goes, oh, "I've lost my legs," and his mum's you know distraught, and he you could tell he's emotionally, you know, and and it was just you know the soldiers and guys who go out there and put their lives at you know these these risks, 
it's just such an oh, such a crazy thing to have to go through, and you know, to think that these guys here are trying to get these people and you know get them back into life and get them to feel that they can achieve things, you know, like Joan Townsend and stuff. It's it's pretty amazing stuff. So, um, the other thing that's pretty amazing is challenged athletes, which also help. Yeah, um, people in those situations. Our auction is still going. It must have a couple of days to go. <laughs> well, you just put that in. Well, I forgot about bringing it up earlier. So if you go to um, look at this here, look at that. Oh, I know you want to talk about our auction, but look at this. This guy's carrying the guy from the swim for transition. Oh, very good. That's pretty awesome. Very good. Um, but our auction is still up on eBay, and you can get a link via our Facebook page or last week's show notes. Uh, and it must be closing in the next couple of days. And all that money is going to Challenge Athletes Foundation. So that's one way, another way you can support people who have some difficulties. Yeah. So if you if you do, you know, go on Facebook and just like them, guys. You know, because they want to make this club into you know something that's a bit bigger and more, not just a UK based thing. They want to kind of take it worldwide. So. Train Team True Spirit Triathlon Club. They're on Facebook, and I'll put a link to it on www.imtalk.me. Anything else? Wait a second. Got anything else? Uh, just to do some finishes. Frank McVie. Yep. Just saying he's loving the guy, um, Bob Davison. Bob Any Davison. chance for a shout-out for Bob Davison? Bob um, Davison's the father of one of the guys that I coach in Christchurch. Really? Yeah. Well, he also organises the Irish Decker this year and a triple <laughs> organiser for the two, and finisher of 2011. He's organising the event again. Oh, no, he's organising a double-distance triathlon on the 31st of May and the 1st of June 2013. Nice. So, so there you go. So, And it's Try Limits Facebook page. Sweet. We had a bunch of finishes. Have you got that in front of you? No, I haven't. Do you want to do coffees of wine? I'll pull it up. You're yawning now. Yep, I will do that. Uh, coffeesofwai.com. Got to love the photography on Coffees of Wai. If you're just sitting at work listening to listening to us ramble on, um, go onto their website, coffeesofwai.com. Got some cool photos on their page. Wish our website looked like that. I should sack the website. Person who manages our site. Well, yeah, when you do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mahalo, Monday sale. And, and our photos come from our listeners, so what are you saying? <laughs> Mahal, Monday uh, special, 30% off the entire order. That's probably um, today, American time. If we get this up live, you might just be able to sneak in there. 30%? Yeah, 30% That's off the entire deal, order, John. plus free shipping on orders over um, $85 after discount. Indulge yourself with our 100% Hawaiian orig- original coffees. Promo code Mahalo. Um, starts Monday the 26th, ends Monday the 27th at midnight Eastern Standard Time. No minimum purchase required. So that leads me to saying you guys should be uh, liking, Ben was talking about liking on Facebook, give uh, old Coffees of Hawaii on Facebook a bit of a like and then you'll be updated automatically with all these specials. Um, Albert's always posting some cool stuff up there as well. So share a bit of love on Facebook for the longest term, uh, longest serving sponsor of I Am Talk. They're well, the originals. I think, John, one thing that you've got... They are the originals, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yes. But I think one thing, if you aren't on the email database, it's worth doing because they're not, they're not a company that spams you a lot. You mm-hmm. know, They don't go OTT on it. Mm-hmm. But they are really good at just occasionally seeing you flicking your text saying, you know, hey, here's where we're at. We've got a really good deal coming up. Exactly. And if you're using their product, you make sure, you know, they might have a special deal on something that you like. So, you know, go sign up for their email database and then you know, they'll just be able to keep in contact with you with some good little deals coming through. So they had a little Black Friday special there as well. If you're on their Facebook page, you would have found out about that. And now they've got the uh, the Monday ones. So just, just give them a like and you'll get get updated with all that sort of stuff. And Albert, yeah, as Albert's always good at posting posting things. They've got the, oh, those T-shirts are cool. They've got their T-shirts up there as well. The John, ones you know what? The, the stamp on them, sort of the, the mule skinner. You know, you know I was talking about the white T-shirt last week? Yeah. And how I don't wear it because I've spilled stuff on it? Yeah. Guess what I did? 
You spilt stuff yeah. on it. Oh, dear. Because <laughs> I had some chocolate. We're just going to have to go back to Kona and get them beaming, aren't we? No, because luckily I've got some of that Fen stuff. Oh, got rid of okay. it. I was happy with that because I like that T-shirt. Nice. Okay, uh, John, I think it's time we have our ceremony. Okay, yep. Metal ceremony. Metal ceremony time. Do you want me to put the music on? Hit it. Here we go. Hit it. See, there you go, put it in there, mate. Yep, you've bloody spent about 10 minutes trying to figure it out. I'm sure it was life-changing for everybody out there. I'm sure everyone's just stopped and go, whoa, what's oh, just happened to my world? Just got a shitty internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so have, we, have, have you figured out the rating, the medals? No, no, we'll do that next week. We'll put that as a hot topic. So next week, the hot topic of the week is going to be giving names. We have four different levels, I think. Um, we can just... I said to him, no lies, I said to him, how long did I say it to you? I said, look, John, can you please turn your phone down? And he goes, oh, it doesn't matter, he giggled away. And now it starts ringing. And we're meant to be professional, John. It's Dave Dwan. Dave Dwan, what's he saying? It's unknown number. See? Hang up. Have you turned it down? Nah, should be right. How many years have we been in this? You know what, I don't do it because I will forget to turn it back on. I forget to turn this volume back on. Well, how about we make it a rule that I tell you to turn it off as you walk out the house? Okay. So turn it down. He moved his fingers like he's doing it. What a crap. Okay, so James Aaron Brown was definitely last one last week. So we've got. No, he wasn't. Kevin he was definitely was. No, because I remember Kevin um, Cody was because he had the sub nine hour performance, which was outstanding. So. Oh. So next one below Kevin Cody's first up. Okay, Simon Sky High Ho- Stokes. Stokes did Ironman Arizona in 12 hours and five minutes. But John, might have been a little bit gutted he didn't get quite under the 12 hour mark. But was it a PB? It was. PB time. Yes. Andy Seagar, who was age grouper of the week in episode 12. Whoa. That must be one of the first age groupers we ever had, I reckon. That that probably was about that time. Yeah. Wow, that's legend. And he's still listening, the poor thing. Did 13 hours, but unfortunately, PB Bevan? No. No. 13.30, he's got an ouch next to it. Yes. But still, he was the age grouper of the week. One of the first age groupers ever. Dave Fish, the raging bull man on a mission. Aquathon, I am talk Aquathon champion. Yes, 12.03. We're getting a few people just a little bit over the mark this week, aren't we? Yeah. Not quite a night, not quite a PB. wonder if he swam in his shoes this time. Exactly, that's where we went wrong, John. Mm. Yes. Uh, Lauren Webb, uh, Ironman Arizona, 16.12. Yes, it was a PB. Yes. Nice. Oh, then we've got Michael Johnson, and uh, he doesn't have a nickname, but you need to get one, Michael. And I'm in Arizona, and he did get under the 12-hour mark, and a time of 11.49. And John, PB? Yes. yes. Peter Satchwell. Oh, uh, John, I think the thing is, when people don't have PB, we don't want to make them feel disappointed. No, no, no. Well, because we get quite excited about the PB, okay. don't we? Okay. So when, okay. when they don't so want to... we get excited can... about not PB. No! No! <laughs> uh, Michael Johnson. No, 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 I just did him. Oh, he was a good basketball player. No, he was a good runner. It was Michael Jordan. Yeah, Michael, Michael Johnson. Johnson. See, he 200 metre, 400 metre. I wonder what he did for his, uh, his run time there. For, you know. He probably went 50 seconds. For yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Peter Satchwell, I think Peter might have a nickname, but he didn't put it in there. Uh, Ironman's Arizona, 10 hours 30. Bevan, was it a PB? 
Yes, it was. Oh, it was. Put a bit of delay in there too. Just nice. exciting. And lastly, Tim Perk and the Crusader. Nice. Canterbury supporter. Mm-hmm. I'm in Arizona. 1949-48. Don't shaft him with that one second. I know. He's the only put the person who put the seconds in there this week. Yeah. John PB. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Should we have this week's winner? Um, well, the fastest d- person we have from Arizona, or how, how are you going to classify them as uh, winner? Different races. Mm. Yeah. So how do, how do you want to do these medals? Well, what I'm thinking, and we'll do this as a post uh, next week on Facebook, is have four levels. You have like a gold for, say, sub nine, silver, say, sub 10, bronze, say, sub 12, and then maybe a fourth level for if you do a PB. That's what, I, that's what I'm thinking, and we need to come up with names for them, but that'll be a post on Facebook next week. Okay, so what, sub nine? Sub nine, sub oh, ten. Don't you say sub... We've got a few. We've got to give people that go sub nine a little bit. There's not many of them. You know, Hal Tao, and then we've got uh, Kevin oh. Cody there, sub nine. You've got to give them a little bit okay, of special that's attention. That's def- definitely legendary. Yeah. Sub nine's legendary. Yeah. And then sub ten, yeah. sub twelve, anything over twelve. Or a PB. Or, or a do- PB. How many awards are we going to have, John? Well, we four. Maybe, we go- Okay. You can go five if you want. Well, because we go PB, nine, 10, 12, and over. Yeah. And then champion of the week. And it's just the fastest time that week. Okay. Okay. Because okay. people love this crap, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love it. Yeah. Like age grouper of the weeks, when we're in, when we're meeting somebody yeah. and if they've been an age grouper, it's the first thing they tell us. Show 316. Yep, and they know it off yeah. my heart. Look at that. Number 12. Yeah. Have I got number 12 on here, John? I suspect, oh, I suspect not. I probably do, John, because I kind of keep away shows. Uh, okay. Yep, number 12. Wait a yep. second. Pull it up. Pull it up. Pull it up. Oh, you're talking the actual... Um, the episode. Yep, number 12. Here it is. Yeah. Where's the other That was the first time we went... Oh, no. We did the third show. We went over an hour. Oh. Back in those days, John, the show was, a bit, the show was only about 49, 49 minutes long. Nice. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> we, we started going a lot longer. Yeah. I'm actually downloading it. It's a couple minutes away. So, Jonbo. Yes. What have you been doing? Uh, I have been Daddy Daycare. Daddy Daycare? Yeah. Belinda was away in Melbourne for four and a half days. What was so. she doing over there? Shopping trip. Oh, really? Mm. Did you give her a budget? Mm, no, she sort of. How much? Were you happy with what she spent? Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. She did. She spent a lot less, significantly less than Phil Patterson's wife. <laughs> Phil and Eddie, you're screwed. <laughs> Just mental. Um, <laughs> Phil, don't don't, don't, don't you listen to that. Phil will agree with that. Just, just did you go nut bar? Yes. But girls don't get out much when they've got kids. They need to, they need to let the hair out, spend yep. a bit of money. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they had a good time and they got back. So I was four. So four was it days. just shopping or did they do other stuff as well? No, it was pretty much just shopping. Really? Four yeah. days of shopping? Pretty much. How many days do you think you could do continual shopping? I couldn't do one day continual <laughs> shopping. Seriously, I, I'm a needs shopper. If I need something, I'll go and get it. I'm not. I don't go shopping. I but just but don't do like when, you, when you're overseas, you don't go to an outlet mall and get... Oh, oh yeah, but I'd go in there with a list of needs. I need a couple of pairs of shorts and a couple of T-shirts. I just don't go in... You bet man undies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so I was there today, daycare. So that made uh, Project 14 a little bit of a challenge in terms of the training um, because... Oh, of course. You got you've fallen kids. off the wagon already, haven't you? I haven't, I've only fallen off one day of the wagon. That was uh, on Sunday. But apart from that, I still managed to squeeze things in. But it's a bit of a challenge when you've got to look after the kids and you can't Go out for a run, can't go out for a bike, can't do anything. Uh, oh, you have to edit out that. I wasn't that enthusiastic back in those days, was I? Apparently it has, but uh, by the look of the looking at the course profile, it doesn't look that way. And um, we saw an opportunity. Oh, that's Ian, Ian um, right from Pyrenees Multisport. Was it? It's really, really clean. Um, we, you've, got a, you've got an extra point here, mate. 
uh, you must have been somewhere. St. Bold and Catherine. Um, if you don't have Damon's your first and second. I was probably in France. It's a, a good, very, very... It was rubbish, so you're fourth. <laughs> Not much has changed, John. No. no. <laughs> I just giggle away all out, basically. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I was looking after kids for four days. So that was the, the guts of my weekend. Really? Pool, pool party on sa- Sunday with kids. We had about seven kids around. What you without the wife there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, you're keen. Uh, and it was it was cool. The, the pool was freezing, um, but the kids jumped in and they were whose kids? Uh, just friends, Phil and Ada's family, a couple of other kids from preschool. So it was just all guys, was it? That's no, guys and girls. The, the, the little boys were black. Oh, in terms of parents, yeah, oh, it was a bit of a mix. Uh. Yeah. And uh, chopped trees down as well at the weekend. That was a lot of fun. It's kind of manly, eh? Got the chainsaw out, chopped down about five trees out of our yeah. driveway. Feel good? Yeah. My neighbour came over like three times and thanked me for inviting him over to do it. He was so excited about it. Really? Yeah. He was loving it, you know, just carving the trees down. They were quite big trees. Did you? Yeah. Because yeah. your driveway's got the overhanging trees, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Not anymore, it doesn't. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Does it look beer? It's good. No, it opens it all up. Yeah, it does make a difference. It's mm. like those ones in the loop for us, we did that as well. I'm sure it's good podcasting this, chopping, did, chopping trees down. Did Belinda buy you anything as like as a gift? No. no. What about your needs? Do you have anything you needed? I, I've only got two needs at the moment, Bevan. What are they? And, uh, Time appears, for training? No, there's two, there's two things and they don't appear to exist. Uh, one is my bucket hat. You know, I think oh, you might okay. have made, <laughs> Bevan made me throw away my bucket hat and go, uh, <laughs> You guys heard it? He put it on. I was like, come on, mate. <laughs> I need a sun hat. And I can't wear caps. I do not do caps. I just despise caps. So I need a hat that's going to give me a little bit of protection. Uh, would you wear like one of those cool kind of... Cool Story kind of... Story type. Yes. Um, potentially. But you don't want to buy like one of those $5 yeah. warehouse ones. You want one that's cool, John. Mm. So I need some sort of sun hat for the beach. Yeah. And the other thing I need is a pair of... Did you throw it away? Sorry, I did. Yeah. <laughs> nice commitment. Yeah. I need a pair of shoes as well. So. But you can't, you can't really buy shoes. Just some sort of... I thought you bought some casual shoes recently. Yeah, but Belinda's got issues with you. What have I done? You, you, you approved a purchase she did not approve of. The, the ones like, you got over the... Yeah, she said... She, she, honestly, she almost won't let me wear them. Why? They were cool. Yeah, she, she, she does not think so. John. So she says, Be, never let Bevan go let, shopping with you Let Belinda again. listen to this. Belinda, yeah. you're old-fashioned. John's moving on forward in time. He's getting with the fashion. He's trendy. She was despi- She despises them so much. She honestly, she's what was wrong with them? She just does not like them. She's fussy. Yeah, you're fussy, Belinda. You're fussy. So uh, that's about it. So, Bevan, what have you been doing? John, look at this magazine here. Your home and the, garden and garden. Pretty, pretty prestigious magazine in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Now, our cat's pretty, pretty cute, isn't it? I'm not an animal lover. <laughs> Just not an animal lover. Well, John, luckily you don't know much about animals because look at this, John. Wait a second, pull it up. What's that there? Cat of the week. Cat of the month. Pet of the month. You are shitting me. <laughs> Our cat in New Zealand's biggest home and garden magazine is the pet of the month. Do you oh. want me to read it to you, John? Tabitha, aka Tabster, was abandoned by her mother when she was only three months old and adopted by Joanna Reed. Where am I? I'm not in here. From Christchurch, now nearly one year and very happy, Tabitha is incredibly inquisitive and just loves company, says Joe. We get woken up in the morning with a lick on the nose and a cuddle. She loves boxes and containers, anything she can squeeze her body and enormous fluffy tail into. Taps and running waters provide daily entertainment. No matter how hard she tries, she just can't catch the water. It always seems to slip through her pores, but she persists. Look at that, John. Pet of the month. <laughs> <laughs> love Joe. Don't love your cat, but... Pet of the month. Who's going to be interested in that? 
I, I actually heard they've sold the most magazines ever this I'm month. I'm sure they have. Yeah, pet of the month. Oh, you know that? Oh my goodness. You what does the world come to? I'm, I'm, I'm giving up my hope on my, uh, my, my plan to eat my, my flipping vegetables, and uh, I'm going to become even better. John, we win a, a, like a hundred days of food for the cat. Well, that's kudos for that. How, how well you done. Love that cat. There you go. You got my seal of approval there. How that's, you not love that. Oh, what a beautiful cat. That's why you enter competitions. And it's not just the cat of the month, John. It's mm. the pet of that beats out turtles. Mm. Beats out squirrels. Bio constrictors. Yep. Um, mm. Dogs. Mm. Polar bears. Polar bears. Yeah. <laughs> Who beat the grizzly? Yeah. John, pet of the month. Yes. We made it. We were we crying with laughter when we got it. Because <laughs> Joe entered it. Jo, my Joe's funny because my Joe, she's quite a conservative character as, as a general kind of statement. Mm. But sometimes she does these random things like she entered Wheel of Fortune. Oh, I'd love to do that. And she got accepted, but she couldn't make the night. Oh, yeah. I love Wheel of Fortune. And it was like, where did that come from? Because it's so unlike her. And then about a, about a month ago, she goes, I've entered Tabs Room for Pet of the Month. <laughs> what are you doing that for? <laughs> so we were cracking up laughing about just the idea that she entered it. And then yesterday, because we were subscribed to the magazine, that turns up and, and we go, oh, let's see if she's the pet, just got as a joke. Yeah. <laughs> she was a pet. Yeah, it's random. John? Yeah. James Bond? Yeah, I'm quite keen to go and see that. Go see it. Mm. Highly recommend it. Mm. Highly, highly. Five plus movie. Well, mm. I don't know five plus, but good Bond movie. Bond's are always good. Do you know what the only disappointing thing I found about it, John? Mm. Was the, the story. The ending. No, <laughs> no, no. No, Javier Bardem is the crook or the, the villain. Mm-hmm. He's brilliant. Mm. And if anything, I, they don't have enough of him in there because mm-hmm. he was so good. You kind of wish there was more interaction with him and Bond, and, and the, there's not a huge. There's, a, there's enough, obviously, but you wish you were more because he was. There was, it was. Go see it. Mm, well, make it a boys' night. weekend. Oh, not day night then. Oh, Joe liked it. Mm. With Belinda, Belinda liked Bond. She yeah, probably wanted because she's old fashioned. Yeah, that, no, yeah. She, <laughs> she probably wants to watch I've got to walk around bare feet these days. <laughs> what was wrong with the shoes? She just says they look stupid. They don't look stupid. Yeah, well, didn't you buy two pairs? I did. And she thinks they both look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, I can't believe you bought one pair and then you bought two pairs of stupid shoes. And that's quote, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> quote, unquote. Anyway, uh, we've been going for a while. Um, any other goss? No. Your race? Oh, yep. Coming up a uh, week and a half's time. House Travel Triathlon Festival. Yep. Rolling along. Get onto it. Yep, Nikki Samuel's coming to race. She'll oh, crush good. Them all. She yep. will crush them all, won't she? Yeah, she'll kill them. She won it last year. Oh, no, she got second last year. Second last year, but it'll be a good game on because she'll be solo time trialling off the front and uh, the guys will have a little bit of a pack um, and trying to mow her down. Anyone who can get her? Because uh, she's got to be favourite. Well, it's just, a, it's just a handicap, so it just depends. Like, I'll just look at where she finished last year relative to the first guy that's racing this year and that'll be the handicap. A- so. Are you doing triple try again? Double, double, super sprint, handicap race, yep. Nice. It's all on for young and old. Young if you and... want to enter, get entered. Do it now. Yeah, right now. Okay. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.